Welcome back to another episode of Agendas Only. This week we have a bumper pack show for you, a bunch of new stuff. We have the PGA Tour Phil Mickelson controversy, a top three party song draft, NRL preseason predictions, a biography of David Foster, NBA buy, sell or hold playoff predictions, and of course the segments that you've come to love, unpopular opinion and Hall of Fame, and the fan listener segment, topic of the week. Bit of rain around right now, so you know the audio might be a, a, a little bit dodgy. Connor's but, no good at it anymore. But we're pushing anymore, through. In, was. <laughs> in great memory of the man Shane Warne, mm. boys. Great to have you back for a, for another podcast this week. Sad, sad, somber podcast. Yeah, great to be back. He would want us to push on, so let's crack yeah. right into it. Boys, we start today with the somber news that's rocked all of Australia. I think, you know, it's it's something that I woke up to certainly on Saturday morning. With, you know, I couldn't believe it. I know we've talked about it. We, we still can't believe it. Shane Warne, dead at 52. Boys, this is a, an unbelievable loss, isn't it? Mm, the, probably the death of an athlete that's hit me the hardest probably lately. Like, Even though we didn't hear it everyone. Yeah. Contro- had some controversial things, but you still, like, mm-hmm. to think you'll never hear him commentate again. Sad. i got a little bit here about him. Um, so he was the best that ever was and ever will be um, at bowling, especially, maybe at cricket in general. Um, his numbers are spectacular. 308 wickets at just over 25. 708. I'm oh, sorry, did I say 708? Um, but as amazing as they are, that will never do him justice. He's... You know, he did what nobody else could. He took wickets in Australia and England on pitches that didn't spin. Could turn the ball a mile. He's the only guy that's ever been able to bowl a flipper with any sort of accuracy or consistency. He turned the ball more than anybody's ever been able to at test level. And he could hit with that spin. He could hit the right spot nine times out of ten, maybe more. Um... Yeah, so pretty amazing player. Yeah, amazing commentator. He like he knew his cricket too. Yeah, as much as I say, he had some opinions like the whole Mitch Stark, but he knows his cricket better than almost anyone ever did, and it'd be a shame not to hear him. If it wasn't for some of his off-field antics, he would have been Australian captain for years. Mm. But I think that makes who he is. That makes yeah. the legend of Shane Warne is his off-field antics. Mm. Everyone was happy to joke about him and whatnot, but people loved him for it. It was Aussie Battler. Yeah, but yeah, Shane. Shane Warne was, uh, I think, you know, a quintessential Australian who had an extraordinary talent of being able to bowl excellent leg spin. Mm. And I think, I think I echo all the sentiment that, that Artie said. You can go through the numbers. They're extraordinary. You know, statistically, he's one of the best of all time. And, I, like, it'll be very hard to touch his numbers for any other international cricketer in this day. The thing about Shane Warne was that always when he had the ball, you had a chance. And there are, there are a few athletes that really get into that pantheon. Brady, Federer... Warren is was at that level. I, one of my favourite highlights is, is the 1999 World Cup. He's coming off, you know, a shoulder mm. surgery. He's been dropped in the West Indies. He's having personal life issues. Steve Wall's the captain. There's clearly a rift in that dressing room. And he comes out. And Australia haven't taken any wickets. And, and South Africa are starting to roll. They're getting around the, the, 20, the 25 over mark. They're chasing 213, which isn't an insurmountable total. The pitch is great. And Warren, with his second delivery... Bowls an absolute purling flipper. Gibbs, gone. Momentum change. Australia go on. He takes another two in the next over. Suddenly the game's been flipped on his head and Australia go on to tie the game and, and, and win the World Cup. 
And I think those sort of moments, Warren performed best when there was adversity facing him, whether it was in his personal life, whether it was on the cricket field. 2005 actually was his best Ashes series. The, the entire team crumbled around him. McGrath was injured. Ponting was out of form. Clark was really just green debutant to the team. Hayden and Langer had been worked out by England's bowling plans, and yet he took 40 wickets in that series yeah. in a losing effort. That was his greatest Ashes performance. It was, it was the one we lost, probably, for a whole series. It was incredible. I think he's one of the most inspirational sports figures that there's been. And you know, part of what I love about Shane Warne and what, I lo- what, what I'll still remember about him is that he was human. He had fallacies. He had flaws. He had problems with the media, you know, and he had problems in his personal life. And yet he was still came out and was still honest and open and authentic. And he, he had his talent on the cricket field. And he was still a humble, nice bloke offered. Yeah. As much as the media would like to, would like to characterize him. And I loved his zest for life. I loved his passion. He got everything out of, you know, his life that I think I think any of us who aspire to. If, if I've lived life as, as much as Shane would and taken advantage of every single opportunity that I have, my gifts, I know mm. that uh, I, people remember me for having a great life just so they remember Shane. Taken too soon, but lived his life to the fullest. Yeah. It'll I think be, something that's yeah. stuck with me it's reading all the you know messages about Warney and say what you will about the stuff he has done off the field. Mm-hmm. One thing that's really resonated is that his son and Liz Hurley's son both talked about how great a dad he was. He loved his kids. Yeah. And it's it's so sad and I and I just feel I just feel for them so much. He always he always had such such a passion for them, you know. And like and and I'll even go back to the to the cricket side of it, Alex. That was a great point you made. He was one of the greatest cricket minds, an underrated cricket mind. Yeah. He could have captained Australia for years. The one thing I love about Warney is that we, he was so passionate. And you know, it's it's something we we have strong debates all the time on this podcast. If Warney had an idea that he like vehemently believed in and he was strong on it, mm. he wouldn't budge. Yeah, and that was the same with Mitchell Stark. Even though he like he was he was willing to make waves in order to to tell what he believed was right and put that opinion out there and start a conversation and start a debate and let alone also all the all the cricketers that he mentored over the years and yeah. was able to develop in the Australian team and, and give the mentality and I know Michael Clark was someone who really was influenced strongly by Shane and you know became one of one of our greater cricketers because of the influence he had in the dressing room and to all the younger cricketers coming into the side another way you can tell his influence is apparently this is before our time but not many batsmen, when they bowled part-time bowling, none of them ever bowled spin, let alone leg spin. But now, every batsman and his dog is bowling leg spin in the nets because that's just what has become the norm. It's just from guys wanting to be like Shane, wanting to rip the ball from side to side. Nobody can ever do it, but everybody wants to try to be like him. He sums up the, the Australian mentality, and he was a perfect voice for the summer, and I'm, I'm going to miss hearing him. It's, it's not going to be the same. And, you know, I, there's been so many great tributes given to him and, and we've, we've only sort of scratched the surface. Yeah. But I think it's someone who means a lot to all of us. And yeah. I mean, it means a lot to everyone who's listening to this podcast because mm. you all love sport and, you know, we all love cricket and, and we all love the summer. And, and Shane, you can't have cricket and the summer in Australia without Shane. He's one of those figures, you know, who will forever leave a mark on the nation, let yeah. alone the cricket, the summer of cricket. I think one of the, not regrets, that's the wrong word, maybe unluckiest part of our lives or mine, I'd say is that I didn't get to grow up watching Warren yeah. the whole time. We only sort of 
we were infants when he was near his retirement age. Like, well, that's what got me hooked on cricket. Yeah, I know. I was six, seven years old. But exactly. I watched Amazing Adelaide. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe. Like, I, I remember reading. I, I got a huge, when I was like six, seven years old. I got a huge wisdom. I remember mm. reading about this guy, and then seeing the fact that. Like that amazing Adelaide Perkins summed up. He yeah. got the team together and said, "We can do this. It's mm. never been done before to take nine wickets on a flat deck like that and then chase down that total against that England team who just beat the brakes off them in two thousand five. He rallied together and produced the moments, the momentum that drove teams. He he was unique. There's nobody who who has that sort of influence in the sport of cricket. Oh, driving their yeah. teams forward. I started my career as a leg spinner because Shane Warne was the only cricketer I knew. Yeah, it's emotional. Mm. I love it. We miss you, Warney, and we'll for a bit. You still might be the same. Fly high, legend. Love you. Well, there's another big topic from the world of sport this week that I thought was really, really interesting. And I, I know, Artie, I know you, you're huge, you and I are huge golf fans. Alex, you're starting to get into it as well. Is the Phil Mickelson controversy, the Saudi tour and the PGA tour. So for those of us who don't know, the Saudi tour is trying to fund a breakaway tour to the European tour, which is obviously you know, the European circuit, has St. Andrews and, and all of the, the British majors, the British Open, and the PGA tour, which obviously has the Masters, the US Open, all of the... The, um, big corporate US golf yeah. tournaments and basically the Saudi league is essentially you know trying to consolidate that all and, and create the, the best golf it's kind of like well we've seen breakaway leagues before World Series cricket is the most the most prominent one but like the European Super League the soccer one that didn't have like, that happen yeah. last year League Super League absolutely Super League as well so um, was the Vince McMahon football X absolutely uh, XFL XFL yeah, yeah. And, I mean I suppose we see in any sport where there's you know an influx of income there's always Ooh. going to be you know d- different types of people trying to privatize and take away the rights but I think this the Saudi one's really been interesting because there's been no collective movement I thought mm. that I thought that was yeah reality. yeah no there hasn't been much it's sort of been sort of just come out up out of nowhere and no one sort of bought it except for that latest tournament where Obviously, a lot of people did go, but that was only because it wasn't a huge American one. It was only like a pro-am and another... What was the other comp that was on at the time? Yeah, so... It, it was, wasn't like there was big competition but it, against but, it. But it was a one-tournament deal. So it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. missing the one Pebble Beach, which had, which wasn't yeah. a significant event. It didn't count for many points. And I understand that going for yeah. the bigger payday. Yeah, the yeah. interesting thing is that it's all been behind closed doors. Players have been given contracts mm. by, by the funders and by sort of the organisers to go and, and do a multi tournament uh, tournament deal with the Saudi tour yeah and I think oh, I don't know I'm not a huge fan I don't know no I hate it I hate yeah. it personally like I hate anything like Saudi blood money related they're not good people and that money's not coming from a good place and that was very interesting <laughs> Phil Mickelson who's obviously been the driver of this has been given the given the ability to be the spokesperson has actually said he acknowledges the fact that you know there have been transgressions that happened in the past and he doesn't like the way the Saudi money's coming from Yet he believes it will change the sport for the better. That seems sort of a, 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 at least a little weird to think about. Yeah, well, especially from Phil, a guy who's got so much money already. Like, how much would have Phil been paid, paid in his career? Like, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, he sort of con- contradicted himself in the same sentence. Like, it's yeah. just a weird statement. And it's such a shame because I used to love Phil. No, 100%. And you know what? With the rise of golfers, social media and golfers becoming yeah. characters and then becoming their own personalities and branders, I think they recognize the strength of the PGA Tour is golf is a sport steeped in tradition and history. Yeah. And I think playing those tournaments and having all the his- historical significance and relevance, 
you know, allows them to build their brands bigger than if they were just playing in, in Saudi leagues all the time. Not to mention, mm. most of them have families in the US and re- reside there yeah. where, where they don't want to uproot. And it is... Really, a, what would you guess? 70% of the, the American tour is American? Maybe correct. more? Yeah, and it's a significant it's a significant outlay. Yeah. Significant income, 100%. No one's doubting that. And the Australians who, or, and the English live in America too. Like, not saying yeah. they couldn't go live in, like... In Saudi Arabia, but mm. like Cam Smith lives in Florida. I think he lives in Jacksonville, maybe. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I just think it's funny because th- this debate has come down to whether it's a, a, it's a like a Saudi money debate, whether it's an ethics debate. I don't think most golfers care about that. I actually think the economics of it, it mm. makes sense for them to stay in the PGA Tour. Yeah, I agree. The organization is much stronger. Even though even though the Saudi Tour will have give you more base salary, I think the brand deals, the endorsements, the extra revenue that they can get by building up their brand and winning these historical tournaments actually comes from staying in the PGA Tour. So I don't think it's actually... The issue's kind of been a little bit misconstrued. Well, I doubt the Saudi Tour will get more eyes on it either. Like, not even just the no, historical side. It no, won't get nearly so. the amount of eyes on it. Well, I mean, if it's a detached tournament that's being played in and yeah. around the, in and around the UAE a lot. And I, I don't think... I, I don't think they'll be able to broker any sort of deal with US tournaments have that have those sort of rights streaming. You know, it's fine for one tournament, but I think having it in a place where there'll be few spectators, it'll just be a made-for-TV tournament. It won't be yeah. sustainable over the long run. But Phil Mickelson stuck his neck out, and he's had a few sponsors pull out, which have been really, yeah. really interesting. And Rory ripped him a new one. It just seems like a badly organized tournament, you know. At least, yeah, from, at least from what yeah, I've no, heard. Yeah, from what I've heard as well. You know, it should it need needed to be collectively organized. I think it'll always be a sport where the fans have backlash as well. I, I, I can only imagine what it would be like if we got to the next day. Very traditional sport though too, hey? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but that's what I love about golf, the traditionalism. It's a big hit because Rory's a bigger name than Phil at the moment in golf. Yeah. Like, Phil's historically bigger, but Rory's probably just as big as Phil historically now. Yeah, 100%. And he's coming out boldly against it. So it's yeah. a huge hit to this tour. I don't see it getting much more momentum at all. But it's interesting to think that there, that there, that there might be some vulnerability in the PGA Tour to the point yeah. where there could be organisers who want to try and establish their own Rebel Tour. Now, maybe this is this is the worst organised one and it has, doesn't really have the proper backing and Phil Mickelson's lost a couple of sponsors and his reputation's taken a significant hit because yeah. of it. He's kind of been the, the, the Saudi pariah. But in, in hindsight, we could be looking back in, you know, five, ten years' time to see there would be another tour that might you know, really challenge the PGA yeah. Tour or different voices might try and take a hold of the PGA Tour, which is interesting for the sport of golf in general, well, I think. What I love about the PGA Tour is that athletes can go play a few games on the European Tour or an Australian can come back and play a round, like a round of golf in Australia and it won't adversely, massively affect them in the PGA rankings either. Yeah. So that's the only way you can see it getting up is if the odd American goes there maybe twice a year and plays one tournament twice a year. So the status quo right now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the status quo right exactly. Now. I think that's what that's what golf will be kept kept in. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves over the next few weeks. Back for another week, one of our most favorite segments, long standing, the top three draft, where we go through a bunch of sport and non-sport topics, talk about our best favorite things about them. This week we're doing, because it's it's 21st season for a lot of us, and we're all kind of in the partying mood right now, it, the semester hasn't really gotten started, you know, for, for those of us at uni or Alex, you know, he's partying to get to it's escape gone. from work. <laughs> and Connor, oh, hello. I don't even know what you're doing 90% of the time, but Connor has joined the, dr- the draft this week. Nothing, he does nothing. I do nothing. I don't know what to do either. 
top three party songs. Important. And we're gonna we're gonna put it, put it up as a poll who had the best, and we're gonna put a playlist on Spotify for all of you guys who need party songs for your latest party and adventures. You come to the only for that kind of information. Absolutely. Get your party songs out of sports podcast. We really do everything here. So we're gonna go left to right. Artie, you are gonna have first pick party song. What are you reckoning? Well, I wanted to go some Flume. I think to start off, start off, start us off. Sorry, um, start us strong. Um, there's a lot of songs I can pick here. You know, on top um, comes to mind. But I think I'm gonna go um, holding on by Flume. Really good song, good beat, and just a. Solid song. It's a great starter for a party. Yes. It's great to, you know, you get it on, the vibes start to get going. I really, really like it. Connor. Well, what's interesting with me is that um, I only found out this was the topic about 10 minutes ago and I've done zero research, which is probably what what you would want because it means you get the visceral, first to mind sort of responses. If you're having a party right now, what's the first song you're putting on? I tell you what, it's Feel This Moment from Pitbull. I love that. Yes, I love great. that. Mr. Worldwide gets everyone going. They are feeling the moment when they hear this song. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was an accurate song title. I can't believe this has slipped to me at number three. The best party song of all time. There are multiple remixes of it that make it an even better party song. Levels by Avicii. It is the best party song of all time. You can't tell me you play this at the start of the party, people get hyped. You play it in the middle of the party, people get hyped. You play it at the end of the party. People get excited. It's one we've played out the back of the pool for so long this summer. The party's dying off. You put on levels, it's back. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1am, you put on levels. The party is back. It's I called levels for a reason because it's always raining. You, you jump levels. Yes. The party goes up a level when it comes on. Alex. Alright, I think I'm going to go with Connor here. How bring myself back to my childhood party songs. Um, and he's gone Pitbull. So similarly, it's inspired me. International Love by Pitbull. Oh, oh wow. Cracker. Double Pitbull. Mr. 305 yeah, does have... Worldwide. He has, he has a, an extensive party song catalog. Yes. That's, re- like, that's where, where it comes down. He mm-hmm. is like absolutely... You can't live in Miami and not. You know? No, you can't be the representative. Right. It's party town. Has anyone ever seen Pitbull's Eyes? No, I haven't looked mm-hmm. at them that often. <laughs> well, I'm just... Because he's always got sunnies on. Oh, right. <laughs> sort of like Flowrider as well. It's like, do they ever take him off? No, I hope not. Or he has a permanent hangover. That's the beauty of Miami. <laughs> like, that's what happens when you're partying all the time to levels. Alex. Well, back to back. Back to back things from you here. Ooh. I might run the same theme of sending me back to the early 2010s. Uh, Good Time by Our City. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, right. You can tell... Okay. Uh, you can also tell I picked these scrolling through a party theme song. <laughs> we are... On Spotify. We're what really... party theme playlist has this song in it? Don't know, but it had it, and I liked it. <laughs> yeah, right. You can definitely tell where we're living the childhood. Alex I am. Alex is in the deepest of Sunday scaries here, trying to get back. <laughs> I can't believe it. Another one that's great that slipped to me... Uh, the party always gets going when this comes on. The Killers, Mr. Brightside. Oh, it's oh always, God. it kicks up a level. No, I'm here by the widest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the widest man of all time? Well, I'm saying yes. levels. I, li- I <laughs> like the, the Killers. I like the Killers, but for me, so Mr. Mr. Brightside right. is so overplayed. I, it is a great yeah. song, but every oh, time. Hold I on, it's not our popular opinion just yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I've got mine. Connor, <laughs> <laughs> you 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 want to pick on the. Uh, on the clock next. Uh, party song. This is a bit different. It's not like a, a real like not pop song. You know, we're not we're not um you know going back a couple of years. T- the popular hits of twenty twelve. I'm gonna say "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen. 
That's great. Mm. No, that's good. That's good. That's a solid middle of the party song where you're like, you want to keep the vibe. It's crowd pleaser. Absolutely. Just to refresh my memory, do you mind singing a little bit for us? Um, I don't really remember how it goes. Oh, so you're fake. Oh, you're fake. I can't listen to that song without remembering the first um, ad for Celebrity Get Me Out of Here with the lady dancing on the stars singing that song. I hate that. I hate it too. I remember that. That's it. And I'm retracting my... My song is scouring. It's too scouring, right? Uh, Artie, please take our minds off and pick something else. Alright, I've got a song that, you know, normally gets all the boys pumping. Everybody gets singing around to it. Um, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Cracker. Yeah. Cracker. Absolute banger. I love Represents that. the vibe of the party, like our mentality of what needs to happen. Yeah. You know, nobody can stop us. That um that song's actually called Tub Thumping, but is it? Yes. Yeah. Just in case Sorry. anyone looked it up. But I'm sure that you know there's not many lyrics that yeah. not many songs that have that lyric, so you probably get the same result. How many royalties is Tuba Wamba still getting? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, that's still called building a career. Right there. They are still getting picks from it. Ah, right, you're back on the clock. You got um, so I was tossing up between two. The mm. one I haven't picked, I was at a festival yesterday. Love it. Dune Rats played. They have a song called um, Dalai Lama Big Banana Marijuana. That's all of the lyrics. There's no other lyrics in the song. Great song. Really hits hard. But I'm going to have to go with Forever by the Veronicas. That's spelled with a four (laughs) instead of F-O-R. So Forever by the Veronicas. Great song. You know, there's a multitude of Veronicas songs that could have been picked. I might just put the whole album, two albums, three albums in. But I'm going to have to say, if I pick one, you know, uh, I'm going to go Forever. It's a great song. Classic, uh, classic arty, patriotic Aussie <laughs> pride. <laughs> the Veronica's representing Not just patriotic, they're from our area too. They're Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Citriotic. Yeah. <laughs> North, North, North Citriotic. Suburb, suburb or trick, some would say. <laughs> All right. Come on, please go. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a step back in time again as well. And this might be to your detriment, Arthur, because I know how you feel about the artist. But Gimme, Gimme, Gimme by <sighs> ABBA. Yeah, you saw my pick. That was oh, actually no, the really? best one I had. I queued up. I love that, bro. It fires everyone off. Yeah. Especially when you're, like, you're on the DJ. I'm a bit of a DJ extraordinaire myself. You know? And you're changing the tracks and you hear you hear the start of it. Yeah. Like, oh that my instrumental. God. It is going to go. And you've got to go bass boost 10. Give me, give me, give me. Cracker. Even I can admit that's a good song. Yeah. As much uh, as you love Ava. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. My final one, I, I think I, I think this is this is a really, really good one. Uh, David Guetta, Sexy Bitch. David Guetta need to be sexy. I mean, yeah, Guetta has an entire catalogue. He's built it from Tyo Cruz to Flo Rida to Pitbull. Oh, oh, he's worked really great. He's been excellent. Titanium was this close to being on my list. I can't believe Dynamite made it, is what I'm saying. (laughs) There are so many that haven't been picked. We'll talk about about the guys, the songs that missed the board. We'll include all the honourable mentions in the yeah. in the playlist as well for your party needs. All three Veronica's albums. <laughs> this <laughs> is why it's hard to do a top three because there's it was hard choosing. Yeah, it was so hard. Alex, come okay, on. Okay, my last Close one. That final one. It's got to be good. I'm disappointed Connor didn't pick it, so I'm gonna have to. Oh. And I'm sticking with my theme that I've gone with of like early 2010s. <laughs> yeah. um, one Direction, Kiss You. Yes, <laughs> crack up. <laughs> Cracker. No, I, I, I hate the lack of respect. Alex, yeah, I'm from my here. Music taste. There's another song you were gonna pick. Don't like my date. No, no. 
No, the let's say the Bills. I can't believe you didn't pick the Bills. Yeah, it's your favourite song of all time. Bill of all time. Yes. <laughs> it is. Bill Let's the fact. The, where's the cheer for Kiss You by One Direction? No, no. I was more right. a five yeah. sauce man. Wow. Oh. Fair enough. Controversial yeah. opinion I, of the bar. I have a controversial opinion. If you say you don't like them, grow up. <laughs> no, it is a big one. One Direction. Yeah. Yeah, all One Direction hate is just grow up, honestly. Absolutely. <laughs> it, right. There was there was some that we missed. Uh, Tyre Cruz hangover. Replay. Ayaz. Ayaz replay. Yeah. Uh, call on me as well. That, yeah. That's a great party song. Some Maroon 5. I stuff. think if we're going old school, I like... Um, Who's like Jagger Maroon 5 as well. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's what I like that for a party song. Like, it gets everyone angry. Yeah. And then it's fight start, I yeah. find. Yep, never gonna give you up on Rick Astley. That's correct. That's correct. There are so many good ones. We could be here all day, but we picked the top three. Let us know on Facebook who had the best draft. Boy, it's not a happy topic to bring up, but we'd be remiss if we were a sports podcast and didn't talk about it. The Pakistan tour by Australia has kicked off this week. The first one, I think, in 35 years. Mm. Yeah. Actually, maybe Pakistan, less. Yeah. No, no, it's like about 22. 20, so. Yeah, yeah, maybe time. 25. Oh, oh, the, the last Pakistan tour, I think, Australia, was when Mark Taylor hit that, yeah, that 334. Yeah, 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 it was incredible. Is, incredible yeah. Uh, not quite as good for Australia now as it was back then. No. Pakistan have really pulled on the pain, and we're feeling it. No, well, it's our fault. <laughs> it'll be interesting. We're recording just after day two. Um, be interesting to see how we bat today. Um, for mine, it looks like they just forgot to put paint the line in the middle of the pitch because it's just obviously a road. You Absolutely, know? yeah. It's maybe it's a one-way street, so we can't blame Pakistan. They haven't played cricket there a long time. You right. could use they want to see the their batsmen bat. Yeah, absolutely. Noticeably, though, I haven't watched a lot of it. I watched the start of the first innings when Nathan Lyon came on, even with a newish ball. It was actually it was turning. turning. Yeah, it was but turning. Nathan Lyon's more what over spinner than but it wasn't spinner. unpredictable spinner. It was no. very predictable turn. That's the thing, and so we've mostly got one spinner. Did Australia? Uh, and that's a good. Not picking No, no, we needed two spinners. Did we get the selections wrong? Absolutely. Swepo. I think we thought that there. before we saw the pitch. Even yeah, if it, it the could fact have been that a within the first fifteen overs was it? Yeah. Maybe first twenty. That's ridiculous. Like I, I, I love thick boy Travis, but you know he's not. If bowling we, in the first 20 hours. If we walked in it was a green pitch, I'm still thinking, why don't we pick two spinners? So yeah. Don't you just automatically pick two spinners? Well, it might deteriorate. None yeah. of our spinners are good enough. Our part-time spinners are good enough. No. Um, the scary part is, the guy I was most worried about from Pakistan is um, the spin bowler, who's about... To, oh, what's his name? Sorry. <laughs> The fact check- mustache? We're fact-checking on the podcast. Fact-checking mid-pod. Sajid Khan? Sajid Khan, yeah. Um, his last mate, match, he got eight for a four-far in his two innings, so mm. um, I'm petrified. That's actually a great point. When Pakistan opened the bowling with spinners, do you reckon that might have been a, a key to say Australia should have picked another one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think... And I did, well, I'd probably did have to bowl spin because it was getting dark. Maybe though. bad yeah. light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have potentially been, um, been bad the light. The fact that Yasir Shah got dropped for this guy says a lot because Shah's one of the best leg spinners really good this time. You know, yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And phenomenal player. Like two points I want to make make about Australia. I think we've been really, really flat so far when I've watched us. The mentality in the field it hasn't been you know aggressive enough. It's mo- mostly been preventive, which is fine sometimes when you're using that as a tactic to take wickets. But I thought the lengths were a bit short. Mm. Um, Alex Carey's keeping has what? been awful. Did Australian, oh. someone not prove that he couldn't keep. Yeah. 
It was really bad. Like the incumbent, I get trying to give him time. Is Inglis in the squad? Yes. yes. So they deliberately oh. took Inglis. But it's but the thing about it is his movement and the, his hand placement, and even where he's placing the slips. We need to take slip placing responsibility yes. away from Kerry. Like, yeah. uh, like his batting would have to take a significant uptick. What is Fielder there for? 60, 70 tests now, like, at first slip, specifically, he knows where to be. Alice Carey shouldn't have a say. And since Carey's become keeper, Warner's dramatically changed where he stands. Yeah. And, and there's been a lot more drop catches through the slips, too. Yeah. Well, what about having even gone to hand? Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. No, that, that, a bum. that one he dropped last night was actually horrific. The one that it was went straight into his hands is from, from Nathan Lyon. Speaking about Nathan Lyon, I, I mean, I hate to say it, he looked really, really bad. And in the flat, he, he was short of a length. There wasn't much bounce. He wasn't getting the overspin. He got absolutely nothing out of this this game. And the, my question is, he's played a lot of test matches. There's a lot of tread on the tyres. I love Nathan Lyon. But is it time we start having conversations about blooding and new spinner? How many times? thinking about transitioning. How many times have we come out and said, is it time for Nathan Lyon to move on? And then all of a sudden he gets some confidence and he starts bowling well. And all yeah. of a sudden we get his first pick again. Because that's Nathan Lyon. He is Lyon. a confidence, he's a confidence bowler. When he's yeah. confident, he takes wickets. When he doesn't, he looks awful and doesn't look dangerous at all. I just, I just think even even the Australian summer, even when I thought he looked confident, I, I didn't think he was getting enough revolutions on the ball, and I didn't think he was getting enough bounce. It's been the same the last two, three years. But yeah, like but he doesn't get his wickets from revolution though. He gets it from in the air. No, but if he has more revolutions yeah. on his variation, they make his sock ball harder to play because you're worried about if there's that extra overspin or yeah. extra bounce. He's been short. That it's very easy to play back to him. Yeah, he's been a bit short. There, you, there's about two, two or three balls in his overs that you can either cut or nudge off the pads. And that's yeah. easy, you know, to just turn over the yeah. strike and, and amass that massive total. I don't think we can judge this test until we see how Pakistan yeah. bowl on the same wicket, though. We need him to play well in subcontinent, though, because it's mm. looking grim. 100%. Sock well, got all those wickets in the subcontinent, and he yeah. famously gets zero revolutions yeah. on the ball, so... True. But yeah. sorry, just for context for our listeners, this has been recorded after day two of the Pakistan test, so mm. it um it will be finished by the time this comes out. So hopefully it turns out well and we win. Interesting test for uh, the final thing I'll say on it. It's an interesting test for Kawaja and Warner. Mm. You know, particularly both of those who may have may have uh, struggled in the subcontinent at times, particularly opening. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think Kawaja. There are question marks about whether he is the long term opener. It's not well, it's long-term. not long term. He's thirty five. Well, I mean, you, but you can say three years is sort of maybe medium term. Just think he'll play at 38. That's pretty old. Well, is there anyone coming through to displace him? If you're going to have to shoehorn a middle-order batsman up to There's the top, one guy. He's a middle-order batsman. No, no, there's one one proper guy. Bryce Street. One of the best young batsmen in the country. Shield Cricket Talk is going to be an excellent segment on the pod later, but we don't have time for that right now. We're hope- we need to watch Australia hopefully clutch this one up. We'll check back in next week when we see how Australia's gone. We'll give our full match ratings and reviews. Alright, NRL season around the corner and I could not be more excited. It's that time of year again. Uh, footy's back, baby. And to celebrate, I think we're going to do a few predictions. Um, you know, these could come out to really hurt us. Normally they do. I don't think I've ever picked a preseason yeah. premiership winner. Um, but... Maybe we're here to really show how smart we are this year. So this is just for the reaction part in a couple of months' time. Yeah, we'll yeah. laugh at how badly we were wrong. So this, this will be very interesting. So to start us off, I think probably the easiest thing, um, the easiest prediction we'll have to make, and that's Premiership winner. Clearly, it's the Sydney Roosters. Alex, 
Well, Luca first. No, yeah, hundred percent. I'm a shameless fan plug. I, I love the Roosters. I also think that they're, they're the best team this year. They I think they're the most, best most all rounded. They they feel rested. I think the mentality that Trent has has them going on is going to be good. Yeah, and our depth after last season's horrors is ridiculously good. I hate the Roosters with a passion. They're my winner. Yeah, I've got Storm Roosters Grand Final for Roosters to win it. Yeah, Alex, tell us. Is there any re- reason or chance, because Artie and I won't bring it up, that the Roosters could fall apart? And oh, if, so, if so, what would, what would it take for that to happen? I've tried to make this argument, and I've copped a bit of slack for it, but here we go. So, Roosters are rated highly after last year, because all their young guns came through, yeah. right? So, folks like Sam... Young guns is the right term. Yeah, well, fair enough. Whatever. Sam Walker got given the keys to the car, right? And now yeah. he comes back, Luke Keary comes back in, and Sam Walker has to play a different game. So does he handle that? Did Luke Keary match with Sam Walker? Does Tedesco match with that new dynamic? You've now got a new hooker as well. So you've got different things. That takes a while to get into it. So I'm like, maybe that could work. Does it create dynamics? Also, you don't know about injuries again, but what I'm comparing this to, in 2017, the Cowboys, maybe they were injury riddled. Like super, super injury riddled. Michael Morgan, Jason Tamalolo broke out that year as our two big stars. Cowboys went back into 2018, getting back Winterstein, who was our best winger. Thurston, best of all time, let's be honest. Matt Scott, who was best, one of the best front rollers at the time. But they were ageing. So yeah. but Cowboys went into the 2018 season as premiership favourites. Similar, well, Roosters aren't premiership favourites, but they're thereabouts. And we came 13th. So it's sort of similar. Because all those young players had to take the responsibility... Yeah. And everyone's going, well, that's our future. Give them the responsibility. Do they handle getting pushed back? And what is the leadership? My Last argument point there is... Back from injury. My argument there is, I think Scott and Thurston, considerably older than... Oh, I'm, they're still my pre-season yeah. premiership. Yeah, but yeah. if I'm really making the no, argument... I agree. There's, I don't think it's a worry, but there's some serious injuries. Like ACL for, what, two, three players? You're mm-hmm. replacing Morris, the experience of both the Morris brothers. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of experience loss. Cordner, friend. Like, that's hard to replace that. Yeah. Uh, my biggest worry for us is um, Walker getting the second year wobbles, um, mm. second year syndrome. He's but the sort of player, I don't think he will purely out of his competitiveness, yeah. but the style of play is very flashy, which is often the second year syndrome. Yeah. Um, and like, biggest Walker fan around, but we all got to check our expectations a little bit. No player dominates in their second year, has mm. ever, so dominated. His, as much as some of us are expecting Walker to, so we just got to change a little bit. Are a concern. And Kiri was like on Dalian track before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So Kiri's you know, like, Kiri's got the keys to the car, as you said. Now it's back just to how the dynamic fits. Yeah. Kiri work like Kiri's the seven. I don't care what numbers on his back. He's controlling that team. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. I still think Roosters will be highly competitive. So, if we have all Roosters number one, to round out the top four, who does everyone else have? Two, three, and four in that next echelon of teams. Artie? Yeah. Um, so, my two, three, and four is... So, I've got Roosters. Um, are we going in order? So in order. Yeah. yeah. So, Roosters one. Yeah. So, Roosters, um, Penrith second. Then, I've got Eels third and Storm fourth. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was I tossing up minor premiership. I wasn't sure. I don't, I'm not loving the storm as much as others are. Same, but, but I can't still have them in top four. And I think I don't think Penrith will win the minor, but I also think Roosters will take some time. So I'm actually going Storm the minor, Roosters second, 
Penrith third, Para fourth. Yeah. Okay. I I'm fading the Eels a little bit. So I have I have the Roosters one. I got the Storm two. I have Penrith three. And I, I actually think Manly are going to be yeah. going to be mm. four this year. I like the Eels purely because I like. purely because I yeah. think you know the system and style. I think they were they fell a little bit short last year, and then they had a long off season to sort of reflect on and make decisions mm. to to the point where I think they'll get. They'll get better and they'll be able to fix yeah, it. They've got a young team too, so yeah. they should have improvement. I, I think I, I got Eels high is because it's the last chance. Yeah, so they're going to go full out, full hard out. Okay. They're going to try. Not that they don't try already, but they're going to try the hardest. But they they've also have. got blokes like Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown, and another year of experience. So yeah. back into the end, maybe they have form. And Dylan Brown, and I was a trial game. In that trial game, he was electric. Wow, he was yeah. so good. Compared to last year, he was awful. But that can that can always have an adverse effect to yeah, the, yeah. to teams as well. Like I like the last the, the last dance and the pressure that comes upon that. As soon as there's the first sign of adversity, teams can struggle with that. Eels look good crumbling too. So. Yeah, exactly. So you know there could be sort of that that disunity around the club. All right, All right. who rounds out the rest of the rest of the finals? Uh, yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. Let us so know. Manly and Souths, I think, have to be there. Um, there's Even no six. doubts there. Yeah. Um, and then I've got Sharky seventh and. To tie into what we're about to talk to next, rounding out the eight, I've got the dragons. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Not Could live and die by that. Not the cowboys. Could really live and die by that. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, well, I think I've got fifth cowboys. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 That's a big hype up. Now I got Manly fifth, Bunny sixth, Shark seventh as well. Eighth, though, I've got the Raiders. Yep. Not. Not bad. Yeah, Luca. Not bad. Um. Okay. This is really, this is a really, really interesting one. Because, it will be, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, I Paramount at fifth. I think they're right, right there in a, with, with the Seagulls. I have South, South six then, and then so it get, it gets, to, gets down to seven and eight, and I'm sort of like, okay, who, who am I thinking here? Seven eight is tough, actually. It's tough. It is, it is tough. I don't like Cronulla as, as, as much as a lot of people are saying. I think they could even be a, like. A smoky, like an outside smoky for four. Yeah. Really? If there's, in, if there's injuries. I love Cronulla. Craig Fitzgibbons did a lot at the Roosters. Nico Hines look good at seven. Yeah. So, no, I agree. So, I have... I have Brisbane seven. Wow. Up to seven, right? Right? Nice. Because I just think... You know what? I can see it. And I, and, 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 and here's, here's my thinking. It's, it's very similar to the, to the last chance. I think now they have players who fit a defined style. And we like talk about it. Yeah, we talk about like defined style. Last season, they were like teams. Teams who were really, really bad in the NRL. That they, they don't have a defined style. And they don't have a defined system. Now they have the playmaker, the defined style. I think Reynolds will be excellent for yeah. them. I have them seven. I have, I have Cronulla eighth. I think you know they could they could run into some problems. I think they have some early injuries as well, Cronulla. Yeah, McInnes played Graham. They're both quite injury prone. So that that's the only reason I think I think Cronulla are a lot better than what eighth will tell you. My worry with Cronulla is a lack of a seven. But Nico Hines yeah. is good, so I've given them better for the doubt. But if they have a slow start, that yeah. is why I have them eighth. Yeah, I think fair. they'll round into form towards the back end of the season, but I, I don't think that you know they'll be um, fast starters, and I think we'll be all wondering. So now we'll go dark horses. I've alluded to mine. I think the Dragons are going to be really good. Um, again, this could be horribly wrong. This is a pretty risky horse to put my money on. I but completely agree. 
But I, I think Ben Hunt will have a huge year. Yeah. I like their team. They're like old battlers. They're not dynamic, but they'll be like, like, a, like the dichotomy of having such an old forward pack and such a young electric half. I think they could be like that. a um like a Bulldogs or mm. Cronulla or something of like where they just grind you out. Yeah, agreed. Alex Starkhorse. I've got I've got a couple, and I've Dragons. I sort of thought as one. Obviously, Sharks. I said I think they'll be there in a buyout. Yeah. But they're an iffy. Raiders, I think, will have a bounce back. Yeah. I think they just got too much class in their squad. Um, but I agree with Luca Broncos. No, yeah, bro, I think if they Broncos, I'm set. I'm if they fix high. their attitude, they've got the talent. They just they've got an attitude problem. But Kevy seems to be starting to turn it around. But in that trial game versus the Cowboys, yes, they, were bad. they were bad. So that sort of worried me a bit. But it is a trial game. Like, mm. what good team plays well in trial games? Except for the Cowboys. Mm. I mean, did the Roosters look good in the trial games? No, that's what I'm saying. The Roosters did play their players. Yeah, yeah that's as much as, as you can take out of it. I, I, I had I Canberra as who I thought for my dark horse. I just think, you know... I think, Fogarty's a huge loss. Though. It, yeah. yeah. That worries me. Yeah, I think I think the fact that they've that, that they've sorted out you know a, a few issues up the back for them you know will sort of yeah no they've got a good squad they've got class there I just think a loss of Foggy is huge but Sam Williams is like he can be no, there he can be there no so that brings <laughs> me into um, who we're fading and who we don't think are as good as people are saying ties in perfectly to me because. Even before Fogarty got injured, I had the Raiders. I can't see them being good again. I think Ricky's lost it as a coach. I don't think their forward pack's as good as people say. Um, I think Hodgson doesn't want to be there. He's not going to give a shit. He's going to be awful. I, I just can't see the team playing that well this year. I can't believe Savage is going to be their starting fullback. What did Nickel Cockstad do to Nickel lose Cockstad, that spot? Like, I get Savage is some sort of like super free young kid. He's but Cockstad's 10 times better player already. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also have the Knights here, but I think that one's a bit more obvious. Um, yeah. They could be disgustingly bad. <laughs> really? Yeah. Alex? Um, I don't know, a couple. I think overrated. Everyone thinks the Dogs are going to be good this year. I highly disagree. I think they'll be fighting for the spoon that, again. That was who I had as well. I, like, yeah. Burton is great. I think the rest of Pangai Jr. is a liability. Naden's not that good. Adokar's a winger. And he's not he's not a winger that will bust tackles. He, he he's a finisher. Um, who else did they get? I'm trying to think. I've missed someone. Say I oh, Dufty. Dufty again. Dufty's a good he's, player. I, don't know, I, think, I actually think he cops it unnecessarily, but he's got nothing to work on the back of. Yeah. So I don't think they'll be any good. Titans. I don't see them being anywhere. I don't know I why. Think they're my ninth. Titans. I think there's. I think they'll be at that eleventh. I think they're probably just. They'll be fighting for the eight in parts, but they'll drop out. I think Tigers are going to be awful again, but they're just the Tigers. I also might think this year, I think Manly are way overrated. Yes. I like, they'll, they'll still be in the six. They're a one player team. They'll so. be in the top six, but yeah, all it takes is Travovich in and they're gone. Or for him to be 80% of what he was last year and they're not a top 14. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're way overrated. But And I'm worried about the Warriors. I don't know where they stand, but I never do with the Warriors. Luca? I think they could run out of gas. I the Warriors. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of my thing. It's been, a, it's been a long couple of seasons for them. You know, we got and, pushed back again. Sort of, like with... Yeah, exactly. With, with, with everything that they've been doing. It's, you know... It, it's hard for a culture and a mentality to, be, to, to hold that strong over such a long period yeah. of time. All right. Spoon, Cowboys. Luca. I, I have the Tigers. I don't yeah, think okay. they're going to be good at all this year. Sorry. 
you know, yeah, sorry, Dan Tigers fans. I was, you, I was hoping you were going to lay it on Alex. No, 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 no. I, 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 as well, it's like, it's like if I say it in the NBA, I don't want the Pelicans to be yeah. that. I don't want the Cowboys to be Am that. I, I actually can't, I can't remember since that really bad Knights period, a roster that looks as bad as the Cowboys this year. I think the Bulldogs of the last two years almost had a better roster, probably. Am I answering this? Like, yeah, no, honestly. No, you no, you am I answer answering this honestly? Honestly. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 I'll you, give you a hint there. A little <laughs> bit north of Brisbane. Around the town hall area. Right. I think we'll be fighting for the spoon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say this, I'm going to lose all credibility. But the trial match has made me optimistic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone down the drain. All the credibility gone. So honestly, Alex, you do think it could be the Cowboys? I think it'll be a tough year for the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I think it'll. Be... How many games are you giving Payton before he gets the kick? Half a season. Half a season. Also, just don't put time at lock. Why is Ruben Cotter not there? But anyway, I think it's Tigers will be down there, Dogs will be down there, and Cowboys will be the bottom three. As yeah. being honest, but. I still, I th- we've still got talent, and we've got some young forwards that are coming up that are really good. Yeah, we've got Tom Lolo there. We've got other players that used to be good and just apparently fell apart. So if it clicks, maybe. Maybe. Give me the upside, Alex. Season. What do the Cowboys ha- have to do to have a-, a good season? And what does a good season look like? <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic here. Artie, uh, Artie's written completely. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to let you dream a little bit here, Alex. Um, fighting for the eight. That and so that, that's 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 wow. good season. Well, halfway yeah. through last year, we were in the eight. Okay. My yeah, opti- yeah. my best case scenario for the Cowboys is that don't embarrass themselves. Yeah. The last four years have been pretty embarrassing. Yeah. And and so what changes could they make? Could they make from last year to this year to the point where they could maximize it? But I actually liked. We overpaid, but I like Chad Townsend. I think he's. Exactly I also what we like Chad Townsend. No, I don't. He's exactly what we needed. I also, again, watching the trials, Tom Dearden, I was really impressed by, who I never have been impressed by. I'll give you that. And I've always been big on Scott Drinkwater. I'm sort of no, in mind so now that I think Dearden's got more in him. I think we need to, if we're not going to... I've run, never seen a half who can't catch the ball. It's ridiculous. Fullback. I think if we aren't going good, give our young players some time. Yeah. Like, we've got all these... Dijon and Arsene, he's a young halfback. Chad yeah. Townsend's not got forever. Start blooding him. Um, we've got these two second roles, Helen Lukey and Jeremiah Nano, who are both guns. Give them time, lock them down long term, and stop overpaying for them. I also that's why I don't love the Luciano signing. Yes, our best, our signing. best two young players are back rowers, but it's going to be a tough year. All right, oh, um, Dalliums. I got Cleary. Hard not to see Cleary. Yeah, I can see. Him. I'm feeling monster a big year from him. I yeah, just don't sorry. know he's a type of Dalliam player because he's of the way he plays. Yeah. But it's hard to see Cleary not winning it. I will say Cleary because I, I don't I, I really don't see it otherwise. But don't be surprised if Luke Cleary yeah. is in the smoking. conversation. I don't think he splits too many points for Teddy. Tedesco, Cleary, and then if we're talking real smoky, if he stays healthy, Harry Grant. Yeah. Yeah. So just it's more so we can come back at the end of the season and look mm. at these storylines. But I've got a storyline for each team and how we think it'll play out. Really quick, this one. We won't elaborate too much. So to start with, I've got Penrith. Um, can they go back-to-back, and will this be the year of Nathan Cleary? They won't go back-to-back. No? I think it's the year of Cleary. I oh, think yeah. it might have a Tedesco 2019, 2018 sort of year. 
but I don't know if they'll win it. The last two years, Cleary has been the best player in the comp. Yeah. It's just last year, Tom Dvojevic had one of the greatest years ever. What? Connor said winded up 15 minutes. Yeah, that's alright. We'll keep going. Yeah. Shut up, Connor. Um, and now you've paused it. Okay, so then... Alright, so the next one is... Um, how does the, how did the off-season um, off-field behaviour affect the Storm? And is this the year of Cameron Munster? Similar question. Year of Cameron Munster? Absolutely. Yeah. He looks so fit. Yeah, he does. Since last year, he's walking around with a dad bod. Mm-hmm. He's like six-pack ripped this year. Those trial games, again, trial games, but he was high energy. He mm-hmm. was unreal. And I don't think the off-season affects him in a bad way at all. It's the Storm. I'm not worried. All right. Next one. Have Souths fallen asleep behind the wheel yep. while losing Reynolds and Bennett? Yes. I don't get yeah. it. I still I don't get it. Well, I get Bennett because I had no choice. No, but Reynolds, Reynolds I don't is... get it. He will be overrated at the Broncos too, FYI. All right. Um, Eels, last chance saloon. Yeah. We giving them any chance of... Not after they lose Marnie. I'm going to smoke you for the grand final. Oh, this year. No, sorry, yeah. this year. I think this is their last year they got a chance. Yeah, but... Yeah. I still like their team. I just don't know if Mitch Moses can handle yeah. the pressure. I, I think if it goes bad early, it could really go bad. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's a bold prediction, but yeah. Um... Roosters, um, can they stay fit? And will Walker get the second year um, worries? They, I think they've had a couple of bad year injuries. Like you can't really predict yeah. that, but I think they'll go well, and I think Walker will be fine due to the coaching yeah. systems and the senior players around him. Agreed. Um, can Turbo repeat his magic? That's all that matters for me. No. He'll no. be good, but he won't be as good. I, you cannot expect to be that good again. How grim will the night season get? Pretty grim as I've got it. I don't think it would be as bad as I've got a bottom four. I think that they're possibly bottom four, but I don't think everyone... See, they're most backed for the spoon by yeah. monkeys. Yeah. I don't think they're that bad. They still have a good team on paper. They just got a half back. Can David Fafida dominate this year? No. I think he could. I he, think he could. He'll be I, the same as he was last year. He's got, has yeah. got the mentality for it, I don't I think. Don't, I don't, he's still so young. I think he's fixing it up. I think it was a lot more fitness-based than mentality-based. He's a huge body. No, he's talented. Like he's so t- he's a dog. Yeah. He'll dominate no matter what. But if you're talking, will he live up to his potential? I don't think so. Um, will the New York Sharks work? I think they will. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they might be missing one or two pieces still, but they'll still be competitive. Can Ricky fix Canberra? I say no, no. comfortably no. Um, Dragons young halves and old pack. Will the dichotomy work? I think it yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like Anthony Griffin as a coach too. Everything about the Warriors, I couldn't pick one. Um, do you think there'll be any sort of semblance of good? I don't think so. You can't predict Warriors every year. No, you can't. Um, yeah, sorry. Here it is. How many games are we going to match? This is a big one. Five. Six. <laughs> Luca, you going to have a bet on how many games till Magic gets sacked? I'm going to go... He could stick around for a bit. But they I just mean, re-signed him. That, like, that's, that's, what, that's what I was sort of thinking. That would give him six. If they, if they're, they're, if they're around nine. If they're one of five, he's going to be higher. Um, will Reynolds steer the Broncos ship around? It'll help, but not as much as they think. I yeah, reckon. I completely agree. I don't, I don't see him making that. I think he's got a huge influence. I'm back at the Broncos this year. Fair enough. Um, how grim can the Cowboys get? And is Tamalolo becoming not worth the money? He had one bad year. It was such a hype up. He had one year that he wasn't running, averaging over 200 metres a game and all of a sudden he's not worth the money. A year ago, everyone's going, oh, Tamalolo's best forward in the comp. 
Like, he was injured all of last year. I mean, it, it, but it isn't going to really matter. Like, it's like, you know, he's, he's going to do a lot of good stuff in a nothing team. Like, you know... No offense, Alex. No, but, I'm taking to it. but it's like, but it's like, it doesn't really matter how much he, how much he gets paid then. Yeah. Mm. Finally, how good can we expect Burton to be, and where do we think they'll be sitting preparation-wise for next year when they start hitting the gas for the Bulldogs? Well, they need a halfback. They need that's all they need to get out of this year. I, is find a halfback. I'm unpopular here. I think Burton can be a good halfback. I think not all the skills. In long term, maybe. Yeah, but they're not trying to win this year as much as people say. Yeah. But they're trying to prepare for next year. I think Burton can be a long-term half. Yeah, exactly. I think he's a good... He can have. He has good leadership skills to organise a line. Just in a bad potential. He's got one of the best kicking games I've ever seen. Um, long kicking games, that is, sorry. He develops a short kicking game. Yeah. I think he could be a great Oh, he's done. Yeah. Um, right, that'll wrap up the NRL. Um, we'll see where we sit at the end of the year. See if we were right on any of these. Maybe not. Very excited for Thursday night. And then tune in next pod for the round one recap. It feels great to say that. Okay, so this week I thought I'd change my segment up a bit and do a bit of a biography on an Australian sports hero. And a bit of a disclaimer. He's more than that. He is more than that, I agree. Bit of a disclaimer here. Artie and I are big fans of a podcast called Hello Sport. Give it a listen. Yeah, it's, it actually is high quality, so give it a listen. Shout out to them. But they brought this up probably a year ago now. This guy, never heard of him before that. I'm the first to admit that, and I'm ashamed of myself. My granddad's a huge fan, so I know knew a little bit about him. People of the olden generation do know him. Look, all the best podcast ideas are stolen, but I don't listen to Hello Sport, and I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'm keen to be educated. Well, this is a man. He's Australia's greatest ever sporting athlete and this is and it's not actually close it's not and you know what this is really bold given the times to say that but if you haven't heard of him his name is david foster and i personally oh i am sorry i was getting to it don't worry <laughs> but i think more needs to be said about him because he is not only australia's greatest athlete ever i think the world all over so a bit about him so we can get the justice he was in wood chopping <laughs> clearly which if you didn't know it um and I'm not joking, like, he actually is quite amazing, his achievements. Yeah. It's, as much as people take the piss, it's amazing. So, he is the only person ever in, in any, any sport, sport to win over a thousand titles. He won the double-headed swing cha- soaring championship for 21 years straight. First 11 years with his dad, the next 10 years with his brother. Um, he won the Axman of the Year nine straight times, so nine years in a row. And he won every single woodchopping title in that time period across Australia and New Zealand. Dominance. For those who don't know woodchop, like I'll, I'll watch it if I ever find it on TV. I always watch that. Mm, yeah. It's actually like the things are very different. Like it's not like if you're good at one thing, you're no. often the best at all of them. Like they're actually fairly different like skills. It's more like our gymnastics, all of them are different. And amazing, like, I've actually watched a documentary on him. He's put the training he puts in. Like, he's a big, big dude. He's a mammoth of a human being. But he's actually he's one of the biggest so much seen. fitness training and stuff. It's actually pretty amazing. So, yeah. he's a guy from Tasmania, but he's also so much more than a sportsman. Like, honestly, and I won't cover all of it now, but look him up. He's got an amazing story. Like, the family hardships he had to go yeah. through and got through. But, okay, a bit more than an athlete. Four kids traveling the world, so raise them. Um... He was a hero in his local community, local with local council offering up set, offering to set up a multi-million dollar tourist attraction is his name, Tasmania, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he works as a spokesman uh, for One Care, which is yeah. an aged care 
<laughs> Tassie. So what else would you want? Uh, he also received Tasmania of the Year in 1995, was appointed Director of the National Australia Day Council, and in 2020 was inducted into the Australian Sports Hall of Fame. So another thing, and I might just add to this really quickly, he's also great mates uh, with David Boone. Yes, him so, and Booney are good mates. Yeah, which he's like a wood shopping version of Booney. He sort of looks a bit similar in a way. Well, just big, big and has a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a lot balder and bit, probably a lot bigger too than Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see them both recreate the 52 cans. Yes, so oh, I reckon he could. Easily. And he wouldn't even be drunk. No, but anyway, I think I just wanted to raise this that no one knows about him, but he is arguably the most dominant of any sport, like the goat of goats. They are some you talk about titles. Brady. LeBron, MJ, all that. He's Whoa. way more... Well, whoever it is. I'm not causing arguments LeBron's about this. Close. But I don't want to... I don't want to get into that. Nicky. But, whoever it is, Bradman is nothing compared to David Foster. And that's bold. Because a thousand titles, nine years winning every single competition, 21 years straight. If you can and argue he's not the GOAT, and people don't know his name. My question is, if you were a competitor of David Foster... How much, how bad would you feel? There would be a lot of struggling going on. Training mm, every single time to just get beaten down by this guy. Yeah. No, it would not feel good at all. I seriously recommend looking at his story. There, there was a documentary on whatever it was on. I watched Deep in a Rabbit Hole. Yeah. And so his wife had cancer. He That's why he spent stopped. all his money. Yeah, he stopped because his wife had cancer. It could have been... 13 or Unfortunately, 21. wood chopping isn't a lucrative sport, but he spent all his money in that. Like, he's a huge family man. He actually seems like an amazing person. But he's the goat of goat of all sports, and no one's talking about him. I think, like our recent pod with the Eddie Tunnels, I think now this is the agenda's only community's recognition. Let's start talking about David Foster. Get him the recognition he deserves, and we'll get him on the pod one day. I think the only guy who can put up a t- uh, claim would be Joey Chestnut. The greatest athlete. Yeah, it, it's... Neck and neck, but I th- well, it's not really. No, think. it's not. It's <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be nice to Joey because I'm being no, sad. Foster. But it actually is an amazing Australian story. Yeah. Recommend looking it up. And we're talking just not a joke. Like, people take it very no, seriously. It's, as much so, as maybe isn't mainstream, it is a serious sport. Yeah. So, agendas only community, here's your next mission. Get us on to David Foster and we will get him on the pod. Back again. A listener favourite segment breaks up our sport for the week. We have producer Connor back in studio for topic of the week. Welcome, sir. That's it. Thank you for having me again, boys. Uh, so this That's week, <laughs> this week we are talking about chess boxing. Oh, good. It had to be spoken about soon. Anyone? You've. I'm guessing you've heard of. Oh, do I know about it? We. How many times have we watched that at my house after midnight on the watching the footy? Switching over to KO chess boxing. Oh, yeah. I remember last year at Alex's, just scrolling the Ocho, chess boxing, uh, like whatever that slippy water stairs. slide was. Slippy, slippy stairs, stairs, yeah. Oh, skimming? Rock, yes, rock, rock skimming. Rock skimming. The footage of rock skimming was so poorly. <laughs> so <bad. laughs> but anyway, it's not Tell about, about chess boxing. It's about it. chess boxing. Um, so we know a little bit about it. It, it started, I don't know how much you, you know about this. It's... um. It's been a thing for about 30 years. Uh, so it 30. started back in 1992 um, with Long some history. more official uh, matches taking place a bit later uh, in like 2003. Um, so in terms of the object of the game, obviously it's, it's, it's a bit of a brawn brute strength 
but it also, you know, you need to be sharp in the mind. So mm. the way that the game My goes... My sort of sport. Hey? <laughs> My sort of sport. Yes. I <laughs> Have you ever played it? I don't know, I haven't, but I should. No, I have zero doubt in my mind that I wouldn't be a world champion. Connor just <laughs> talking about 30 years ago, the first one started. I can't believe that, but what But what I was thinking about, when someone came up with the idea of chess boxing, <laughs> what do you reckon the first match was like? <laughs> we just beat the shit out of each other and then, and then play chess afterwards? My theory, or what was it like? My theory is something like Arthur who's going, you know what? We were getting into a fight, but I know I'm not going to win purely based on my fighting skills, <laughs> so I need something else. Or I feel it was someone that was just losing really badly in chess and just wanted to knock the other bloke out. So well, I, I have a question here. Do we? It's a bit of a, is a zebra white with black stripes sort of question. Mm. Do you think a chess guy invented it to add some more drama to the sport? Or do we think a boxing guy added both. the chess to make it a bit more intellectual? I think they were chess and boxing guy. And they had like a love of maybe a love of both sports. Well, let's just run through um, some details of the sport. So players go head to head in chess boxing. That starts with a four minute round of chess. Mm. The players then go into the ring for a three minute round of boxing and then back to the chess board. Now that means there are 11 rounds total. Six rounds of chess and five of boxing. It's a marathon. Mm, It is, but... That's where it comes in. It really does drag out quite a bit. So each round for the chess, there are nine minutes each. So it's an 18-minute round of chess. Mm. So you're pretty much ready to go. Yeah. By the end of the chess segment, you're ready to, mm. you know, knock his head off. How long does the... Like, because in chess, they have the clock, right? Mm. You can take how long? Does anyone know? It's like 40 seconds? Obviously, you want someone... I think it's a combined time. So that's why you go time on time. Yeah, yeah. It's a so combined that, so time. So they get it's nine minutes time. each. So yeah. they'll start their time right. They can run that whole nine minutes. So, if you do, so that's what I was thinking. That could be a tactic. Mm. If you were a great boxer, you just try to run the time out. <laughs> and, be, and then the first round knockout. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That was my confusion with the sport is, how do you win? Do you win the boxing match or the chess match? Well, Downsy, I'm glad you asked. So to win, you must either gain a checkmate mm. or receive a withdrawal from the chess game. Or, alternatively, you can... Obviously, knock the oh, opponent out. Modes of so, well, yeah, well, you can't continue playing chess if you're unconscious. Well, so, disagree. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, or you can just receive the win um, from the chess uh, either way. So, there are multiple ways of um, doing it. So, if you feel like you're more on the physical side, obviously, you're going to hope that you know you're going to win your round in boxing. Mm. Uh, alternatively, you might want to you know, defend your face a little better so that you're uh, nice and sharp once you take a seat in the uh, in the chess arena. High class sport. Yeah. Should okay. probably be the Olympics if you ask me. Yeah. So, Luca, I noticed you said about running time out. Players can't deliberately waste time when playing chess. That's uh, just part of the discipline of the game. So, yes. the referees, if they reckon that, um, that that's, you know, that's what they're doing, then they can... Um, Put in a 10 second penalty so on their time. You gotta have a really good thinking face, like a no. fake thinking face. So you mm. go, mm. poke of mm. chest face. Mm. And you've got like a, a purple mm. welt under your eye because you just got smacked. <laughs> um, yeah. So players have a chess rating of at least 1800 to compete in the sport. I read that online. I don't actually know what that means. That's gotta be like a grandmaster. Yeah, that's pretty high. Mine sits around uh, 20. 2000 sort of. Oh, does it? Uh, I'm at 300. Oh, I'm still training. I'm at 1600. I'm training yeah, still. I'm trying to figure out the rules, but when I do, chess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's oh, not much time. I was a great chess player in my day. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, the horse moves in an L. 
Yes, it does. There you go. Uh, yeah. How are you like with your boxing, Luca? Learning things already. Depends. How many drinks have I had? <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be more of the inclined to start on the chess side Absolutely. Training, rather than the boxing? Well, I mean, like, I'm interested with the fight prep that yeah. one would do for chess boxing. Mm. Are you spending a lot of time in the lab practicing your chess, like trying to learn, trying to learn all these moves, learn all these strategies or that? Or are you getting amped for the boxing? What do you do an hour before? How do you prep? Do you get amped? Do you relax? <laughs> I, I honestly think if you have a foundational level of the chess, like you got your 1800 or whatever, I reckon you're, I'd be focusing more on my boxing, on my defensive skills of like how to, you know, do the duck and weave, all that sort of stuff. So that I'm like mentally fit when I sit down to play chess. Because obviously if I'm really good at chess, but then I get up and then I get smacked around and then I forget, you know, where I am, that's not going to help. Alternatively, if I put all my time into chess, or sorry, into, into, the, into the boxing side, and I don't know that much about, you know, chess, but... If you've got that foundational level, I reckon it's probably better than... Or you could just be a jack of all trades like myself. Yeah. Not many people That's why I'm trying to yeah. go from the layman's perspective, Artie, because we're all not athletes like yourself. No. Here's my no, improvement to chess boxing. Let's and here's something where we can there's also... No, there's no such thing. Well, no. I think after you hear this, chess boxing, but it's a team event. Ooh. Oh, so yeah. then you play chess, <laughs> and then it's an all-out ball in the ring. So is this like... Um, like the two men luge. Yes, but exactly <laughs> like the two men. And Alex luge. Down's favourite, a hundred percent. So then, but then it's all free for all in the ring. It's, it's like a royal rumble. Like, oh, <laughs> just do you have multiple games of chess happening? Multiple once? games of chess. Wow. And then okay. everyone jumps in the ring do and fights. That's why we can start a podcast team. Do you mind if I just add to this even again? The chess is set up in the ring. Yep. Oh. And you use that like WWE, like hit you with metal chairs. That would be great. Or you get the one chess player, and, and the boxers have to defend the chess player from getting getting pulled and knocking over the chess pieces. Bang! It's like a jock and the nerd duality where you've got to protect the poor bastard so you can win the game. Of chess for you. Problems on this one. Wow! We have improved the sport of chess boxing immensely. To every topic that we can improve, my week immensely. Connor, thank you for another excellent topic. Thank you. Alright boys, the NBA season is heating up. We are like literally a month away from the NBA playoffs. It seems weird that such a long season is just coming to the conclusion now, but we're getting towards the point of the end of the season. I'm very excited. Yeah, no, it's been um, a electric few weeks of basketball, um, headlined by the Hot Pelicans. Hottest team in the NBA. No, we are. <laughs> <laughs> the Pelicans who are still under 500. Yeah, because we started. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you were so badly under 500, and now you're a bit less bad under 500. We're a lot less bad. Come on, we're one in ten. The hottest team in basketball that is the ten seed. The hottest ten seed in basketball. (laughs) They are the hottest ten seed in basketball. That is true. They are. No, that is that. (laughs) No, absolutely. Hottest team in basketball. Full stop. Well, anyway. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the West has been really good quality the last couple of weeks. I can see a lot of teams making great push and not trying to tank. What I wanted to do today is I wanted to have a look at a couple of the key storylines happening in the NBA at the moment, talking about whether we buy, sell, or hold on these teams' chances of achieving their goals this season. And I think t- different teams have different goals. You know, I'm certainly buying the Pistons tanking at the moment, mm, and I'm, oh, certainly, really? I'm certainly buying the Magic tanking at the moment. 
But some different teams are performing at different levels to the point where you're understanding, okay, are they actually going to achieve, achieve their goals? Are they, we'll, like, we'll keep on the Pelicans. Do we buy, buy the Pelicans buy, buy. as buy. playoff series winners? No. I'm selling that right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that means we're going to be posing Golden State or Phoenix Suns. And they um, win both the play-ins. No, no, I buy that. I buy that's when they both play-ins. You buy, um, so you buy them being a playoff team? Yes, but not winning a so series. As, as currently constructed... What a hold being a playoff team. The Pelicans would have... sitting on that. The Pelicans would have to beat the Lakers first. Yeah, easy. And then beat the loser of the Timberwolves and the Clippers. Yeah, we can do. I genuinely think. No, I'm going to buy that as well. I, I think the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans will do that. The is one Zion back for that. Are we assuming? Yeah. No. Who? Zion. Zion. Yeah, he would be back for that. He's back full training. Zion. Who? I don't. I don't know that. Like, guy. We don't need Zion to be. No, back no, for but that like, I'm just in terms of whether I'm buying it or not. I'm. I'll hold because I'm fence sitting on it. I don't. I don't even know who that guy is. I don't know. Is he play basketball anymore? I think we. Get out of the plane without Zion. Yeah, no, I think uh, my buy is based on yeah. that. I don't think I, I don't think uh, all jokes aside, I don't think Zion's going to play again this year. I don't think he's going to. He won't suit up on the court. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. Are we going to buy, sell, or hold Zion Williamson suiting up for the Pelicans this season? Well, I have to buy. I think he will. Yeah. He's really If they come, if why would he start training? A, yeah, exactly. And he wasn't going to play. If, if they potentially make a playoff push, wouldn't he want to be involved in that? I'm selling. There is no way he will suit up for the Pelicans this season. He's training to look like he's a committed teammate to not put organisations off. To be honest, it's too late for that. To train yeah. to look committed. He's after right. No, I think I, I think he, he's worried about the backlash that's only come recently. All of the stuff that Zion started doing was when the media backlash came at the All-Star break. Mm. That, was the, that was where it all started. He wouldn't have done anything if there wasn't any other backlash. I'm completely selling him playing another game for the Pelicans. Speaking of a, a, a team that was related to the Pelicans in a huge trade, they acquired Anthony Davis. Are we all the way out on the Lakers? Sell, buy, sell, or hold? Sell, yeah, sell, sell. Selling all your Lakers stock. Wouldn't even be surprised if they're not in the plane. I'm holding my Lakers stock. And here's why. Someone has to. Here's why. And, I, and, I, and they've talked about it before. On uh, Bill Simmons has talked about it on his podcast. I kind of like the line of reasoning that he has. In a one-game scenario, if you get a healthy Anthony Davis, in a one-game scenario, you get a healthy LeBron big James. If, by the way, it is a bum. I think they beat any of the teams they're playing big, right now. Big if to say healthy Anthony Davis. If for for oh, one game, I think I think the Lakers are going to put him on ice until the until the playing tournament because I, I think they I think they will make it. LeBron had fifty six today. Oh, I still he is good. like he's really taking them to taking them to another level right now. He is trying to elevate them. I still think the Lakers they they they'll make it out of the play-in. I definitely think. Whether I'm all the way out on them winning a playoff series, I'm still there. Clippers are no, the one that's, that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. No, that's my point. They're actually hotter than us. They're the only team. Them and but I don't know how they are. Is my problem. The 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 one thing is actually the Clippers are very much like like an Australian team. I know I I know you, I know it will be all the way out because I don't love the Clippers either, but. They rely a lot on culture and team guys and it being a, a real shared basketball philosophy. Tyler That's very much actually, something that... Tyler is a great coach. Him. Like, everybody likes to say that Cavs was just LeBron, but Tyler was a great coach. Absolutely. He's a great coach. Yeah. So you're no. getting what he's getting out of, like, that shit team at the moment. Ridiculous. 
Phoenix, the prohibitive favorite to make the finals. Will Phoenix make the finals? Will they be the West champions? Buy, sell, or hold? I am going to just hold that one because I have a dark horse, which okay. will come out later. Really? But I'm just going to hold that one. Absolutely. Even if Chris Paul's back? Even if Chris Paul's back. I, yeah, it's they're one of three teams for me, maybe one of two. But I'm selling. Purely, I think, like, yes, they're great, but I think... Say Golden State have been on a, like a slide at the moment, but it comes down to that playoff experience. You they trust just them lost to the sticky Lakers. They did. That's what I mean on the slide, but they're still. But LeBron had like an unbelievable day. Not like you could just back. like if, if the Pelicans. That that's why I'm worried about the Pelicans in the plane. You might just get LeBron on that day. Like he can still for yeah, one day. Yeah, will be guarding them. Who does Golden yeah. State but have? Once they get Draymond back as yeah. well, that'll help them. <laughs> that'll significantly help them. I, I agree. Got, I haven't got Wiseman back still. I don't no, know if he might, but it gives him some size. But yeah, I think exactly. Everybody it gives him some size. Yeah. Well, yeah. They need another big man or something. Absolutely. And that's what everyone's saying. Like mm. I don't think Wiseman's. They just don't have the interior defense mm. to put up with a lot of teams who have good bigs, especially in the East, if they do get to the finals. I wonder, would I have looked at Wiseman trades at the deadline? Yeah, I would I think, have, definitely. I, I think that's something that might come back and wipe by the Warriors. I think that maybe they could have been more aggressive at the deadline, shopping mm. Wiseman and seeing what they could have like, gotten. Who was they that? Got Miles Turner. I like maybe. Yeah, yeah well, that's that. what Kevin O'Connor, I think it was him or someone else was saying, like, yeah, maybe you think Wiseman will end up better than a Miles Turner, but you're winning, trying to win this year. And Turner's way better than Wiseman this year. So you've got to sort of throw that out and go for Turner, I think. Absolutely. I have I have two more from the West. Utah Jazz. Sell. Yeah, sorry. Sell? I think that's a United sell. I love Donovan Mitchell, but it just seems like they, they keep making the same mistakes in Utah. They, don't, they haven't found that other way to win yet. Uh, it'll be a very interesting offseason. You can't move Gobert. That contract's yeah. too big. It's prohibitive. We'll have to do a deep dive on Utah One podcast, but they are the least scary winning team in any world sport. Adi, you they, did tell me this yeah. week, and I don't know—is this Pelicans bias? Are you going to stand by on the podcast that you think the Pelicans could beat the could beat the Jazz? Yeah, I think we could beat the Jazz. Yeah, and I think so. Bias, maybe? <laughs> maybe just a little bit, just a little I don't bit. I think we could beat the Jazz. Jazz are so bad in playoffs. You can just. You know, you I guess you don't know what the Pelicans are like in playoffs. The Jazz, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one, actually. Jazz are our bunny team as well. We always play really, really, really well against the Jazz in the regular season. Yeah. We've beaten them sometimes when we were... I think this year we beat them as a $13 um, outsider. That's fair enough. Absolutely. Sorry. No, I think there are things that Mitchell could do, but... Oh, I worry about the fact they have a lack of, lack of supporting cast. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they wanted to introduce Alexander Walker, how it would it be a little bit different? Well, they've already got Clarkson. They're very much the same player. Yeah. I wonder if that's all Jazz getting mental. Unless they're planning on changing, trading Clarkson this offseason for something. He could be a cheaper Clarkson, learn and then yeah. become a cheaper Clarkson. One more from the West. And I know, Alex, Alex you've liked how they, what, what they've been doing lately. Buy, sell, or hold, the Mavericks will make a run to the Western Conference Finals. I wouldn't go that far. But I still think Luca's a gun player. Like, mm. you, can't, he's, you can't run him off. It's not the same, but you say, on any given day, what, does he just go off, maybe? I sell that very hard. I don't yeah. think he can go off for seven games. Or no, that's what I mean. Four out of seven. I don't, think mean, I don't think they make the Western Conference Finals either. I think they're top three. Did they get worse at the deadline? Absolutely, yes. Dinwiddie's been great. Dinwiddie has been great. But Jay- I don't Jason Kidd has their defense going. I'm going to hold on the Mavericks. Yeah. I think that they might be my dark horse in the West to go and make a run. Can we add 
Can I add one team in? Absolutely. Denver Nuggets. They're getting, the talk is that they're going to get their two players back. Yep. They're going to get Porter Jr. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray back. Yeah. Um, do we buy them being a dark horse contender in the West to come out of the West even? They're my dark horse. I buy that. Absolutely, I I would I, I would buy yeah, that as well. Okay. I like I like Dallas. I think Dinwiddie's been really really excellent for them. But Denver, if they have all their guys back, even if they just have Murray back, it is unbelievable the level Jokic has been playing at. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's like it, the stuff that he is doing. When you go into the advanced metrics, it's like he is at a different level. He's more efficient and with on more volume than his MVP season, putting up bigger numbers. Yeah, on less usage, like. That's incredible, the fact that he's, that he's actually facilitating and getting guys involved in the way yeah. that he is when they, when they really don't have, have um, you know, as many players around him to, to do well. All right, off to the East. All right, the East, absolutely. What, buy, sell, or hold, the Brooklyn Nets are still going to come out of the Eastern Conference. Everyone's oh, preseason pick. Are we You're going to hold, Alex. Why? I so much uncertainty, so you don't know how Simmons fits. Kyrie's Kyrie, Durant injury prone. If they're all three together firing, yeah, but really? are they? Yeah, you still think they could? They could make it though. There's still a lot of talent there. I uh, still also like Seth Curry, by the way, as an addition. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of his. No, it was a good. I think trade. it was a complimentary player. I, I, I think to, a good trade piece to get Seth Curry. I don't think it was a good trade for. No, 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 no good trade piece. Yeah, yeah. So I think even if they get their guys back, I. I don't know how Simmons is going to play. Um, that's the thing. That's why I hold. It's just a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. I, I, I think have too I, much uncertainty. Yeah. I have to sell as well. I think Kevin Durant is still the best player on the planet when he gets yeah. when he that's gets the thing, into but it. Though. If he's healthy, it's an if. So that's why I'm like, no, he I'm, will be healthy. He's still the best player on the planet. If, if he could be, but then he could do an ankle tomorrow as well. I, th- well, I, I think he's that for any team. Yeah, I think I, there are teams who can defend Kevin Durant who will be able to stop the Nets in a series because they because they have some uncertainty with Kyrie not getting into a groove. The the one thing that's underplayed with this Kyrie thing, everyone thinks he can just step back in and the Nets will be really, really good. Mm. The rhythm when Kyrie's on the court versus not on the court and having to change between that certain nights is actually crazy. That's the thing, yeah. and then there's also do New New York talking about changing their mandate, like stuff like that. It's a lot of uncertainty. That's no, like, no, that, 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 that works for him though. That works for him. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you don't know if that'll happen or not. So it's Absolutely. just I I can't I'm definitely on the side of Sell yeah. to buy, but even with the uncertainty, I think I've seen enough to lean that it's not going to work, even if things go their way. Fair enough. The Milwaukee Bucks will be repeat champions. Huge buy. Buy, sell, buy. Hold. I put last night. I put ten bucks on them to win it, or uh, eight to one. Well, they're that far. Yeah, I like Bucks. I think Bucks are my pick comfortably to win the whole thing. I think they're definitely up there. Actually, I'll, I'll buy that. I'm gonna hold. Mm. I am, I am a little bit worried about um, their lack of size in the interior. I don't think I, I, I don't think that if they if they get into a matchup over uh, over a couple yeah. of series where, where that becomes a problem. I also I like Serge I also think they're in. worse. They're a worse three point shooting team this year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So so that could that could become a problem in a, in a long series. But you know they still have the, they still have the defense. I'm not saying I, I count them out. I just actually think I have Philadelphia over them in the East, yeah. and that's. And that's yeah, hard, it's with, with Harden. Yeah, Philadelphia. I, I think to, I think to be good is, is is one of my other big buys. I yeah. think you know it's going to suck. How much did that hurt you? <laughs> it, it, it really does because I really hate Philly. Yeah, that's why I was hesitant on the last one. I think Philly. Yeah, one I would say is we've seen Harden. Yeah, I'm going to hold. Yeah. I'm not going to fully sell. We've seen Harden fail in 
deep in the playoffs multiple times with just as good a teammates as Did Joel and Bede. Mm-hmm. When they first got Dwight, Dwight was in like a couple of time DPOY, one of the best big men in the league. Like everyone seems to think that Dwight was just some bum when he got to the Rockets. No, he was phenomenal player. The the fit is incredible. Though. Yeah, and they have Maxi who has been really really good. So you know, yeah, they've got the auxiliary pieces. They didn't give up uh, too much in the trade to the point where, where it's prohibitive, and it seems to be working right now. The question is, how is Doc going to do in those situational coaching assignments yeah. in the playoffs? You know, in developing in developing that offense. That that's going to be really really interesting. I just think As- Doc and Harden are chokers. Yeah, especially unless see otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But I, especially with you know, if teams find a different way to defend Harden yeah. and be in the playoffs, you know. I mean, well, I, I, I think the, the Sixers will overall be determined by how aggressive the officiating is. Like it's always, 47 free throw attempts between him and Embiid their first game together. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. So that's, that's, that's not basketball. I, the finals really are always, always a bit more lenient. They don't call as many fouls, right. so that's going to hurt them. Absolutely. I, I, I think they, they could struggle. Buy, sell, or hold, neither Chicago nor Cleveland will win a playoff series. Ooh, They've why? been the surprise of this year. <laughs> that's, a, that's one of my agendas, is I hate the Bulls. Um, I, don't, I like Cleveland, Celtics. but they're too young, so I'll buy that. I'm buying that big. No. Oh, I'm going to hold. Dep- I think yeah. d- the East is so close, I mean, you don't know who they're coming up against. Yeah. So oh, I'm gonna Obviously, hold. match-up dependent. Yeah, but yeah. If I'm going to take it up, I'm going to say... The Bulls will play the Celtics today. The Cavs will play the Bucks. Does that oh, change yeah. anything? Massive, massive. Yeah, I can buy that then. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna sell. No, uh, oh, I'm gonna buy. Yeah, neither of them are gonna, are gonna yep. win a playoff series. I don't think. The Celtics will win at least one playoff series. Huge one. Buy, sell, hold. Yeah, buy. I got them going. They're only like three finals. They're only like whoa, whoa, three whoa. games below one yeah. seed, aren't they? Yeah. Three games below the yeah. yeah. And they're in better form than a lot of the, a lot of those other top teams. Yeah, so, so I keep forgetting about Philly. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't have them going to the finals. The conference finals. Conference finals, finals yeah. So I keep yeah. forgetting about Philly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to buy, but then they're going to get absolutely destroyed in the second round. If, if like, they just still don't have enough scoring. The one thing with the Pacers lost, we saw midweek. Now they're 13-2 in their last 15, and they've been playing really, really well. They haven't played good teams with their best players, is my first worry. And also, that pace has lost really exposed all the stuff that I've been saying about the Celtics teams. When the Celtics play marginally worse defense, and it like doesn't have to be marginally worse, or a team gets hot, the Celtics cannot win. They can't do it. They cannot score, score enough to beat these teams. The lack of scoring, you have to admit at this point, Artie, the lack of scoring is becoming a huge issue on this roster. I keep saying, you only have to score as many as the opponent so, scores. So, why, how do you explain the Pacers lost midweek then? It's, because the Pacers are tanking. It's an 82-game season. You no, don't have losses. No, I'm saying, but that, that was a game yeah. where all the issues were exposed. Like, that's the, that, that's yeah. the emblematic game of the Celtics. That's like, in playoff basketball, that's you get what seven happens. Games. It's not a one-game thing. Do I think there might be a game where you get blown out because the other team gets super hot? Of course, that might happen. Do I think you can win four out of seven Yes, I do think. You I don't think you can hold a team for four out of seven games to under a hundred, which is what Celtics need to do. To well, I think our Celtics defense is so good right now. I think they probably could. I hope so. 
I also worry about their size in the playoffs. Do you do you not think the fact that they they they're a smaller team, but and or they're a streaky shooting team, which matters in the playoffs as well. Like, the are they really is, built for? Are they really built for playoff basketball? Like, I could see them losing yeah. the series. I could see them going home in the first round still. Of like, course, you can see anything if you. No, I know, but I'm, but I, but I, I'm saying, do you, do you not think the fact that they don't have the size to compete with like a Milwaukee? Nor do they have the shooting to compete with, like, t- yeah, teams you're right. Like, probably like, like, like yeah. bench big, but well, no, no, not even bench wing. They're big. They're wings. Like they've gone up with bigs. I don't know. Tatum's a very good defender. Brown's a very good defender. And in the second unit, when when those Orford's a great defender when he comes on and he he's a big. Yeah, I know, but he sometimes. They all the lateral you mobility. So you, want, you, you want to put Horford on Giannis. Well, you switch so much. You don't put anyone on anyone, do yeah. you? Celtics no. don't put anybody on anyone for a matchup. They just I'm switch. Doing, well, d- depending how switchable the playoffs are going to be, because teams will find a way to switch out of those matchups as well. As much as you can switch, yeah. teams can switch out on you. Yeah, of course. But It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I'm trying not to get my get my hopes up. I'm trying to be as rational with this team as possible. Mm-hmm. And I love the win streak. It's been it's been exciting, but I'm I'm just a little bit hesitant right now. Artie's the other side. He thinks they're going to be really, really good. Finally, buy, sell, or hold. The Miami Heat are going to be the worst matchup for any team in the playoffs. Teams are going to really struggle with Miami Heat. You asked me this three weeks ago. I say massive buy. I was so high on Miami. But just something about Butler lately has really put me off them. I think he's playing awful basketball. I agree. Larry seems to have taken a bit of a step back. Has been out a lot for yeah. personal reasons. Yeah, I know, which is good on him. Yeah. Always should. Like Absolutely. family and stuff comes way no, before basketball. But that's a rational point is that does he get into the kind of rhythm that yeah, he might need? Yeah. And then, but the only thing that's saying that they could be is that a lot of the East relies on bigs and who's the best defender in the East at defending bigs? It's easily banned. So he, he's the only guy I could feasibly see stopping Giannis and Embiid. Or I do I think he will? Maybe not, but... I think if you have a Horford Rob Williams combo, that that is slow those guys down. He's just one eighty from saying <laughs> no, but I, like no, size. no, no, but I'm saying on the wings we like size. Okay, but like, do you? I think in terms of big defense, like that, that he's not the only other one. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's so what I'm thinking. I'm selling that. I think at the moment, selling that, Alex. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to agree with Hardy. Yeah, yeah I, I I worry about the Heat. I think they've they've sort of gone into a bit of a funk. That being said, they've won they've won a lot of games at the moment, and they beat the breaks off the Sixers. Albeit without um, Harden today, but you know, finally, boys, we'll put it on the record at, the, at this point, right? Could change. We at agendas only. We give you know ourselves the capacity to change at any point, given you know what might change in the NBA. Finals matchups, Hardy. Mm. I'm gonna go. I'll go a bit rough. I'm gonna go um, Nuggets versus the Bucks. Alex. So, uh, Warriors versus Sixers, probably. I have. Oh, I have. Um, yeah, I think I've got Warriors versus, versus Sixers as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of a way that I could just yeah, find so not picking yeah. Philadelphia. That was mm-hmm. that was that was thinking, but they Philadelphia look really really good right now, and and you know. It would be very funny if they choke this. God, it would be great. Yeah. I would be, I would be 100% And happy. one of them leaves. 
Well, Harden didn't opt in. I think that's another storyline we have. Oh, it was an accident. It was an accident. He didn't opt in by the deadline. Imagine if this all fell apart. It was a clerical error. Guys, come on. He's he's, he's locked in. He's definitely staying. The guy who we know has been 100% stable the entire time he's been with multiple organizations (laughs) is definitely staying. And he just hasn't checked out the strip clubs yet. He doesn't know if that's worth staying in Philly for. (laughs) That'll be the interesting one to watch. We'll be excited to bring you all the best from the NBA playoffs as they come through, and we'll bring NBA news every single week. Pod us on Agenda Zone. We always try and be the dynamic listening option on this podcast, giving you the best of our sports takes, but we also have hot takes about life in general, and they, these two come together in a fan favorite segment unpopular, bold opinions, opinions that we are going to try and justify but also often shock the main public i know we have a couple that are loaded up already for this week alex you look particularly keen to start with yours this week why don't you start i'm actually a little nervous really okay i know there'll be some backlash i'm excited i need i need backlash let's go the members here it's probably not unpopular i guess across the world in generally but i'm i'm pretty sure it is gonna be here so i have an announcement to make and i thought this was a good forum to do it alex i'm nervous Okay, and I, I've voiced my opinions on this before, but I am the first one to admit I was wrong, and will have changed my opinion on this. But F one is good. I'm getting into it, and I like it now. F one sport. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm saying that F one racing. Like, yeah, like it as a sport now, and That's I now insane. think it is actually good. I ne- and I don't know enough about it yet to defend it publicly, but I know enough to know. I didn't understand the sport. Now that I'm trying to understand it, it's actually really cool. Man watches one Netflix series. No, Netflix series. Not even. Not even. Classic Alex. It's getting popular and it'll jump on board. No, this is what this segment's for. And I've actually thought it's more than I thought it was. And I'm actually enjoying it. So How is it more than you thought it was? Well, I thought it How was... How is it just not cars just turning around the track? Well, and that's what I mean. As I said, I don't know enough yet to publicly defend okay, it. Okay, so you don't really know. I'm, I'll just go into it. Please. But, from what it seems, a lot, lot more strategy than I thought. And it's more about the storylines yes. of it. Who's you know? the best engineer? Absolutely. I'm wrong. Well, yeah. see, that's what I thought. Throw some money at the engine. Not. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. Apparently not with all new regulations. As I said, I don't know enough to probably defend it, but I thought an announcement to make, this was a forum to make it, is I gave it a chance. It's really starting to like it. And, um, oh, we're taking you? applications for yeah. a new podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually even need one. We'll just bring Connor no, yeah. There's no more credibility at this stage. 100%. Um, As a knows more about man, sport than you, Alex. You and, I have, you and I have talked solo a lot. Eh? We'll talk solo right now. If you watch one Netflix series and then spend I one night... What, what was I talking to you? Speak when spoken This take has got you barred from certain times of speaking on this podcast. <laughs> if you watch one Netflix series and then you spend one night having beers with a group of people who all love F1 and can try to convince you to drink the Kool-Aid... Would you like F1, Ali? No, I hate it still. Yeah. And exactly what I thought. But I will be starting to watch the Netflix series. And I've loved it. Like, I've just started the last couple of days, but I was into it before then. And I'm really enjoying it. Oh, so, as the middleman, I am completely blind to all this hate on F1, <laughs> which I think is... I was the first hilarious. to hate. I mean, which is very hilarious. But... I'm interested. So, so obviously, this Netflix thing seems to be like the catalyst for a lot of people just I think jumping like on a the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, so answer me this: What got you into it then? If you haven't seen the documentary, well, check it, mate. Well, I've watched, I'm genuinely. I don't know. I've now watched the first season since starting into it, but 
well, I was starting to get into it before, but I actually did. A lot of our mates are actually into it, and the three of us led the charge in bashing. And that's what someone said at work is really into it. it. Goes give it a chance, like look into the rules, and he was telling me about it. Actually started reading about it, and then started asking questions about it. And I'm like, it's actually pretty cool. What do you find so interesting about it? The strategy around it. It's like very what? strategic. Give us one strategy. That well, around, like, so I didn't understand like how do you overtake people? Because if your car's better, you overtake people better. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have thought. Apparently, there's different things like different methods, rules, and stuff like. We can press a button on the car, we'll do something that'll make overtake and go 20k faster for that period of the track, mm. around slipstreaming, um, like the whole weekend of it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to claim to know a lot about it because then I would be probably making stuff up. But I found it interesting. And all I'm saying is I gave it a chance and I'm starting to see the light of it. This is unquestionably the worst take. It's the worst. Worse than Luke the same beach is about. Again, the no, two no, that really I was the same. I'm actually glad because it's now taken the hit off me well, of having the worst <laughs> Thank you, no, thank you, Alex. Did I not, thank you, Alex. Did I not have the same stance as you? I hated it. Mm. I I've been on this pub before, so you're saying I hate No, turn coat. I we all say we'll be proven wrong if we are. I've been proven wrong. I've, I've never been, been proven wrong. Should we? Uh, oh. so, <laughs> <laughs> when do we do the Celtics part? <laughs> if, I can, if, I, if I can even slightly indulge in Alex's unpopular opinion, Please which don't. makes no, like it's not unpopular, I mean, I know nothing about the sport. Um, do we try and do a bit of a podcast? I don't know. Review of looking at things and maybe watching an episode of it and seeing if you still hate it. Well, see, well. I will sit down if somebody provides me some beers. I will sit down and watch F one. No, no, no. Oh, I will, we could do that on Gibby Road and it'd be the same thing, right? I reckon that BMW there is quicker than that Toyota Corolla. Wait, you're telling me in real life, as well as if one, the quicker car wins all the time? Unbelievable. That's what I thought and that's why it shocked me, is that it doesn't always. So what? Did in it case, in case it crashes. But he's all-time one of the most ever. So that's like saying, or his engineers, he gets to. He's literally work been with in every best engineered car, yeah. right? Well, no, because he's been on multiple different teams. So they have been a Mercedes. So, so wait, they haven't had the best car. Well, not every year. The last six years they have, but before that, Red Bull right. were winning. I don't think I can take before that. Of so some of the worst teams now with the most. So Williams apparently is one of the worst now, but used to be dominant in the early two thousands and nineties, I believe. I love the impact you've made with this. No, I just wanted to announce it, and I was the same stance. I hated it. But I gave it a chance and started like it. I know you haven't given it a chance yet. Maybe it's worth considering. No, I've got to take another minute of this. Luca, <laughs> take us away with yours, please. No, 100%. I'm not shocked something get, getting really popular and Alex jumps on board. That's very uncharacteristic. Well, I'm sad I can be proven wrong. Oh, I, this is horrible. I have another, another sports-related opinion. And I think, you know... Is it F1's bad? <laughs> <laughs> if we could do we could do another twenty minutes of this, I would be in hell. We talked all, too much F1 for my liking already, right? My sports related unpopular opinion is that Michael Clark is a top five Australian batsman of all time. I think he's severely underrated. I'll give you that the underrated part because everybody you know, top to, five though. I don't know about top five, but everybody likes to shit on Pup because he was a shit bloke, which he was. All-time burst. Oh, he's underrated, yeah. But they let that impact his batting prowess. Um, well, reputation. Batting mm. reputation, I think. He had a summer like Smudge before Smudge had yeah, that yeah. summer. Yeah. Like, it was so unbelievable. Good. That 329 versus India was like a classical no, no, game. Top uh, five's a big Top five's a stretch from Bradman. Bradman. Ponting. Yeah, Smith. Smith. 
I'm just thinking. Yeah. I think border. Oh, war, war maybe, war. and then so I, I have him one of those two last spots. Like that, that's the thing. He scored more, oh, he's, like he's more test runs than like a, a large majority of players, and did it in hard errors, often in tough Australian teams. That's fair. No, so, he's up there. You know, Michael Clark, great technique, classical batsman, one of the better captains as well for Australia. Yeah, oh, one, of our, one of our best, best modern captains. Mm. Yeah, you know, but like, so I really think he's underrated all time. I like Michael Clark. Team Cardiac, all the <laughs> I think no, he gets a lot of hate because of because of the, the the stuff that happened, bloke stuff that went down, and maybe he's not not your characteristic, not undeservingly either, you know, Aussie. But no, not undeservingly. He made some mistakes, but I think as a batsman, God, he was class. Yeah, like he's he's driving, he's pulling. One of my favorite push. innings ever is that one where his back was fucked and he's yeah, the, the, the Phil Hughes game that, that was, was excellent. I, I, you know, I, I just think. We, we, we often don't go back and talk about his impact. And yes. I, I wanted to bring that to light of my, my bold opinion today. Michael Clark, I think he's top five straight batsman all time. Yeah. Peppermint is disgusting. No. It's horrible. No. Peppermint mm. what? Anything. 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 Huge mint guy myself. It's the worst flavour of anything. Like, whoever invented peppermint should have been... You know, sterilized, just like put down, <laughs> cremated, never to be talked about again. Did you sterilize something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wrong word, mate. Did a, did a piece of <laughs> Maybe. It's a disgusting flavor. It's just, I have searched long and hard for plain flavored toothpaste. And they used to be one when I was growing up. They used to be plain bacon, are you using bacon flavored toothpaste for you now? But I can't find it anymore. If some, someone reach out, you know, from the toothpaste world, someone can reach out, sponsor me, give me the sponsorship. I will talk about plain flavored toothpaste till the day I die. <laughs> this but is bad for you, Artie. This is really bad. It's truly disgusting. This is a weird, it's it's not only a weird unpopular. Yeah, it's weird because it's like it's personal vendetta against a flavour. It's so disgusting. If you, like, if you like peppermint ice cream, I hate it. Like, and I don't, that's not unpopular. A lot of people hate peppermint ice cream. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, I do like Maybe there's some popular that like it. I like it though, also. No, so no, no, no. There's a lot of meat out there in the world. But, so, so, so for And that's okay. Too much! <laughs> Spearmint is better. All mince bad. All mince bad. So you, you know, like, and peppermint taste the same as well. Like, so wait, everybody's like they're different, aren't they? They're the same. So when we're out on the cricket field, what gum are you chewing? Well, like Wrigley's, like the fruity. What's it called? Fruity gum. Uh, uh, juicy fruits. Juicy fruits. Yeah. They, no, they, uh, they are. I, the ones I was never chewing. a big gum guy on the cricket field. I, ch- I chew a bunch of gum. Like yeah, I'm not. I'm not the. Field. I like gum, the odd gum, but I never go out and really buy a pack unless. I'm out somewhere and I think my breath stinks. And I'm I like having some like strawberry extra or something. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I like my, my breath smelling fresh. So if, I, don't, I don't know if you're around or you see him in public. Peppermint <laughs> <laughs> fresh. Yeah, if you, if you nah. see him, it's not going to be too fresh. Minty, anything minty, disgusting. All right, Connor, give us your final unpopular bold opinion for this week. I, I don't think you boys will actually disagree with me for this, but I think the general public doesn't appreciate... The musical talents of Flo Rida. Oh. I think he cops it far too much. And he is a maestro of incredible talent. That's right. Uh, how can you go past Good Feeling? I remember yeah, seeing the video and he's dancing on, on the um, baggage claim at the airport. And I was like, could one actually do that? And then I tried <laughs> to get on the baggage claim next time we went to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately <laughs> snipping on the camera. Off. 
out. <laughs> I, I mentioned it before and I'll say it again. Does anyone know what his eyes look like? No. He's always got sunnies on. Famously, your dad's a huge Florida fan. Loves my house. That's yes. like his favourite song. That's also my favourite song as well. <laughs> my house is my favourite Florida house. What yep. a banger. Well, the playlist is going to feature a lot of Flowrider after this week. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was on popular opinions for this week. Let us know some which one was this week. It was, there yeah. were some controversial ones, Alex. Different the- ones. Ones that got everyone fired up and some that we agree on. And some very mm. interesting personal vendetta, <laughs> but that's just bizarre. That's disgusting. <laughs> Finally, we want to finish the podcast in style this week. One of the favourite segments, our Hall of Fame. And this week, boys, I want to rename the Hall of Fame segment. It is the Hall of Shame. Yes. Not with the great man. That's and unanimous. In that, in in. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. We had an emotional segment about Warney, but he would have loved things that go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, I can see all of the things, the great things that we've put in, like pies, thongs, being a classic Australian. Toasties. Toasties. That was Warney's diet, pies and toasties. Sauce. Yeah. I don't think he would have liked that. He loved yeah, that. He loved <laughs> it. He loved that. I can tell. <laughs> it's a key ingredient to pies. Absolutely. Well, oh, yeah, not, that's it, out. It is. That, that's completely no, out. To make actual pie, like the gravy and oh, uh, right. sauce, okay. isn't it? With the tomato anyway, sauce segment, for, with the tomato sauce segment for a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't put it past you to put Worcester sauce on a pie. Of course no, you do. No, I'm with Artie. Jesus, this is. Can we try to eat the pie? We need to. We need to hurry this up. Put the top off. Oh no! Pour the Worcestershire sauce in. Put the top back on and eat it. We need to hurry this up because, uh, like, this is going to start getting even grimmer than it already is. Artie, hit us with your hall of shame for this week. So I came up. You know, we're in Pakistan. Um, it's autumn now. Um, it is right. No, it's, yeah, yeah, it's autumn. I'm no good at my seasons. It's, 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 it's complex. It's yeah. summer all year round. If, yeah. you, if you have the mentality, it is. I just it's always summer. I just don't get when it's spring or autumn. I don't. I that's a different section. <laughs> um, it is. Um, anyway, we're in Pakistan, and you know I love Gary Lyon, so I came up with an idea of calling this autumn. The Autumn of Gary. <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah. Original I just it. thought of that myself, so I thought I'd nominate my no, own. No, because it's Autumn, and it, Gary's having yeah. an Autumn. It's Autumn of Gary. I thought Revolutionary. I'd My idea. My idea, personally, that I came up with solely by myself, of calling the Autumn, Autumn of Gary. That's an incredible like idea, right? Yeah, thank you. No, you thank have you. the best cricket insight for that. Thank you. Said, that's quality. Connor, I don't know how you could follow that up and be anything better or more original. But your Hall of Fame for this week is Hall of Shame. Hall of Shame for this week. Hats. Hats. Any particular hats? Hats in general. They're such a versatile, (laughs) cancer-protecting thing. Did you say that because there was a hat on the table across from you? No, well, that helped. (laughs) Broad rooms, Exactly. Yep, broad rooms, caps. How many... You can make hats out of bloody near about anything. Hats is my weird one. Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't see how it's weird. There's like hats and Turkish people wear. No, that's a great way to do it. <laughs> I, could, I could see this happening. One of, one of us statistically in this podcast room is going to go bald really, really soon. Yeah. Connor saying hats. How's the hairline? It could be a bit of a risk for his hairline receding. Um, do we have anyone opposing hats? No, 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 no hats. Big hat fan. Hats is excellent. Hats is great. Alex, your Hall of Fame for this week. Full of shame. Um, I've just finished watching this show, 
Uh, and I think it's all time. It's everyone here. I think it will get around it. The show Seinfeld. Wow. Ageless. Mm. It's still funny. What? Mm-hmm. Thirty years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Show. It just no more needs to be said. One of the yeah. all times. Hilarious. I still don't understand the premise of the show, and that's the best part. I look, watch it and go, "What the hell?" Yeah. Where does it rank for you all time? It's up there. I haven't done a ranking, but it's got to be up there. Yeah. I'm still fresh in it. Though. Have you finished it, or are you still watching? Second it? last episode, but I'm pretty much finished. Wow. It, it. I mean, I have nothing. Nothing to say. It's great characters. Mm. Great energy. We have one of the cast members sitting in the room right <laughs> Frank, here. Frank Costanza. Frank Costanza, Arthur Stower himself. <laughs> I do love Frank. But he's the best character on the show, in my yeah. opinion. Not on it enough. <laughs> Something it needs to be on it more! <laughs> Alright, later, finish this off. Alright, my Hall of Fame this week is a little bit of a niche one. Uh, it's related to a member on this podcast. Artie. Oh, wow. You're going to be part of my Hall of Fame this week. I'm going in! Well, I've always thought I'd nominate myself. No, no. But I'm glad Luke has done it. Um, During the week this week, we were just we were just chilling. Uh, it was early in the morning. We woke up and woke up in the group chat. Artie sends a message about LeBron because he was crying about the Pelicans. Yeah, LeBron's a bum now. Beating, <laughs> being beaten, and he and there was a fake quote about LeBron saying that there needs to be a soundproof wall. Yeah. The fans can't get through. <laughs> he doesn't want any verbal altercations with fans, which I thought was funny. Until I checked the Twitter handle, Dion Fibber, in, via interview with at Ballsack Sports, <laughs> Artie unironically thought no, that this fall was real. For fake tweets. Arthur falling for fake tweets is my Hall of Fame. He falls I for fall fake tweets. You fall for time. fake tweets all the time. You fall for fake tweets that Zion is coming back. Yeah. You fall for fake tweets that you know Murdoch might have done something. You get fired up on that. Yeah, you fall no, for, fall for, you fall for every tweet. single fake tweet in yeah. the world, and it's continually funny for me because you send a great screenshot. You're so excited. You're so amped, and then I'm like, Artie, it's a fake tweet. I'm, I'm like, new to the Twitter space. No. And um, I, I, I will not back down. I, I do fall for them. No, it is it is good. Someone's got to fall for them. No, Twitter is 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 very good for you know you can actually get get scammed. Yes. For by, Some by fake tweets. <laughs> so yeah, Artie falling for fake tweets. That's my whole Paul Sack Sports. I can't believe you unironically took a read it and were like, yes, Paul Sack Sports, great institution. <laughs> We've got some great Hall of Fames though this week. It's gonna Shane. be gonna be really tough. T- t- Shane is. The historical Hall of Fame. He is the second ever unanimous induction. He would love the Hall of Fame. And it is in his honour that we, we're yeah. doing them this week. But boys, great podcast. That we had some flaming sports takes. We had some really exciting conversations. We're looking for a, a third co-host now. So <laughs> apply, <laughs> apply if you need it. Alex is getting sent off. It had everything. Great topic of the week. Remember also, with our voting Hall of Fame, all that sort of stuff, it'll be out on Facebook. Yeah. Vote in the polls. Let's see who wins it. Get Seinfeld in for this week. He deserves to be there. Hats. And remember, please sign the Eddie petition to get us into the tunnels from last week. It's really important that we get into the Eddie tunnel. And it's the only way I think we're going to be able to do that at this stage is getting your signatures on that petition. So sign now. We said we do a podcast from the Eddie Tunnels when we get in there. Yeah. So that's incentive for the lis- listeners. Paul the Eddie Tunnels podcast. I'm not quite sure how it works, Connor. Well, there's only one way to find out. Tunnels. And that's by getting 12 signatures and I'll confront the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Another excellent listen, boys. We'll be back again to give you it all next week. Great pod.
Thanks for listening. This has been Agendas Only. See weekly episodes on Spotify.